This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Everyone and welcome to episode thirty-one of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John, and I did the math. So a score is yeah. twenty years. So this episode would be a score and a half plus a year. <laughs> yeah, we did have uh, we, we did have. Uh, I got a tweeted from from uh, from Carolyn on on the Twitter machine. And uh, she did the math for us on that last one here. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, Seventy-two years, three score and twelve is uh, yeah, three score and twelve years is twenty times three plus twelve, so seventy-two years. Nice. Yep. Nice. So, so that was only a little off. Right. 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 Like, what? Seventeen years and six months. Something like that. Yeah. Something like. Something that. like that. I don't, it doesn't need to be that accurate for me. The point uh, is, it's not snowing yet. Nope. That, that's what matters. That is pretty darn cool. Although I have had ice on my windshield the last two mornings at work when I leave in the morning. Oh, that's terrible. And it's not like an excessive amount of ice either. It's like that minimalist ice where I can't see through it. And I can't quite scrape it off. But if you were to hold your hand on it for a second, it would melt in the shape of your hand, and you'd be like, that's cool, it works. And then you've got fingerprints on your windshield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yep. Oh, Maine, how I hate thee. <sighs> I uh, I had a thing happen the other day where I was parked at work, and there was a sign. And the way the ice formed, and then the way the sun shined, and then the way the sign was blocking the sun, I had it in an exact outline of the sign pole, a portion of it, and then the entire sign still iced on my windshield while the rest of it was cleared. It was still fogged up on my windshield while the rest of it was cleared off. Interesting. It was comical, to say the least. I bet. <laughs> I flipped the windshield wipers off, and it clears off, except there's this fogged outline of this sign so yeah yeah um speaking of which speaking of uh signs messing up the thawing properties of a windshield sure what did you watch this week mike oh well i watched shows and i tried to watch a movie and i watched a couple trailers and then i watched some professional wrestling but that's for a different podcast Excellent. I watched too many shows. Like, it felt like a job for me this week to watch all these shows. And uh I didn't even get in any trailers or any movies. Just yeah, the shows. I, I noticed that. I kind of felt that way myself the other day. It was just like, man, I have so many shows to watch. It went from kind of being fun to now it's like a chore. It really is. The last time I checked the math, and I wasn't even done yet, I had already watched like 24 or 25 shows. And I'm like, that right there is a job. You know, if these are 24-hour-long shows, then that's watching the shows, minus commercials, of course, but then also taking the notes on them to prepare. Yep. 
That, that's another job right there. It, it's it's because when we started this this shindig, right, right. Uh, when we started this shindig, About there weren't as many. Ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. There there weren't as many shows on at that time for us to be watching through. You know what I mean? Like uh, we had we had a lesser volume right. of uh, entertainment to intake. Right, because when we started it, we basically we were already past the part of certain shows getting canceled and. Um, <laughs> Exactly. We didn't have to worry as much about that kind of stuff. And then we tried out new shows this year. A couple didn't work out, and then there's a couple that I'm going to call them hanger hanger honors. Yep. And then there's a couple of them that are wow. I'm really digging this. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of my older shows, like I said last week, they're not they're not doing it for me. I mean, I watch them. I don't hate them. I'm right. not blown away. It's just, uh, yeah. Like my wife and I, we watched. Uh, I, she was uh, looking at looking for a vehicle on online there, and I was watching Law and Order SVU. And I still do enjoy Law and Order. I enjoy the show. And uh, but my wife goes, "This has been on for how long?" I'm like 18 seasons now. She's like 18 seasons about sex crimes. I go, "Yeah." She's like, "There's only so many ways you can write about that happening." And I'm like, yeah, kind of, pretty much. You know, yeah. I mean, same thing with all these, you know, uh, I can't think of the word now. Crime procedurals? But, yes, procedurals. Yeah, crime procedural shows. I mean, there's so – there has been so many of them, and there is so many of them. I mean, I, I think you're seeing a cycle. Like we had in – like the mid-'80s was all about sitcoms, I think. Mid to late-'80s, early-'90s was all about sitcoms. And then when Law and Order, Law and Order, I think really kickstarted the old crime procedural dramas. I know we had others on before then, in the heat of the night, and L.A. Law, and this Hill and that, Street or whatever. Blues. Hill Street Blues, yeah. But I really think it was like you know Law and Order really jump started those procedural ones like that. We got NYPD Blue and SVU, and then we got CSI and NCIS, and on and on and on and on. And now like we have that whole Chicago series and whatnot. And I feel like sitcoms are starting to slowly make a little comeback. It seems like there's more of them on now than there used to be. But they don't really last that long. No, that's the thing is either either you have ones like The Middle that somehow are on their fifth or sixth season. So they're just kind of like just doing well enough to keep being made but not so well that like it's water cooler talk. Would you say that they're kind of running in the middle? <laughs> I had to do it. Just under the just under the radar of cancellation, essentially. Um, but then you do have a few outstanding ones, like you know the Big Bang Theory, and you know. But uh, anyhow, yeah. that being said, right now it is my humble opinion that the greatest television show on TV right now that I'm watching, or I'm not watching even. Is Ash versus Evil Dead? Nothing. Oh, sorry, I had my mute button on because I was typing. Uh, I just wanted to fact check you real quick and let you know that we were on the eighth season of The Middle. Eighth season of The Middle. All yep. right. Um, so you you believe that of all the delicacies out there on the television buffet line? Yeah. Are you talking right this moment? Like I could yes. turn on my TV this week and see one of these shows. So you're taking shows like Mr. Robot out of the running. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Robot's not on. It's a good show. 
You know, so uh, of, of but, all the offerings that we have right now, you're going to throw yeah. your hat in the ring and say that Ash versus Evil Dead season two is my favorite thing to watch right now. Yes. Okay. It is. It's my, I, I enjoy watching that program. It's my favorite thing to watch right now. I sit there and I laugh heartily and I find myself going, Oh, come on. Many, many times. Yes. And roll my eyes and love every second of it. Now I have not watched the third episode because it came out today technically. Yes, I haven't watched the third one either. Okay, I, I banked on that. I figured you probably yeah. hadn't. So. Nope, I haven't. But, I mean, seriously, come on. Seriously. He gets his head pulled up a corpse's bottom. <laughs> and so uh, his face pops out the incision scar, uh, the incision cut. You're not even doing it justice. I'm he, not. I'm sorry. He, he his, his the, the colon reaches out. And wraps around his neck and hauls him up inside this man's ass. While the ass is leaking brown diarrhea-like substance all over the table. And while and while the, the pierced penis is bobbing in front of his face. The whole uh, again, time. I don't think you're doing it enough justice. That was a large, <laughs> thick... That was a very large, flaccid penis with a ginormous ring pierced through the tip of it. I mean, that looked like something you would see on a bull. Yeah, and then giant man push going on, too. Yes. Yes. This guy probably was like, yeah, I'll let you model this for a prosthetic. Absolutely. (laughs) But that was just that. I mean, come on. That's not going to happen on any other show. You're not going to have a guy going in, cutting up corpses, looking for the uh, Necronomicon. No. You know, think, reacting before thinking instead of just checking them all to see if it's obvious which one it's in. No, he just cuts them all apart, gets coated in blood head to toe, <laughs> and then battles a, a deadite possessed colon, which then pulls him up inside a, a corpse's rectum that's leaking nasty brown glow, gross fluid all out of it. Yes. Yeah. And he has to run around with it on his head while fighting he, that deadite thing with the and teeth was, and which which grab him in the mouth at one point. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. And grabbed him in the yeah. junk at one point too. Yeah, and grabbed him in the junk. Yeah, while he runs around with this corpse on headless corpse on his on his head, and the stomach is all cut open and and it's all been disemboweled or whatever, and there's his face. And right underneath his face is this giant man bush and then giant peanut. It's fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic television. The, uh, for a half an hour show, they have some of the most fun lines that they deliver. Oh, you know, man. His dad this week had, I'm done conversating. It's time for fornicating. Oh, I know. That was amazing. <laughs> I wrote that down. That was like one of my favorite things to say in yeah. the episode. Or when Kelly was like, dude, I told you Florida LSD is not to be messed with. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly beats up the sheriff. Yep. Or the, the, the chief or whatever. Yep. Um, and uh, Pablo, discover- her part. <laughs> Pablo discovers that um, he's the reason that the demons were coming out since the book was attached to his face. And uh, he's like, am I the daddy? And Lucy Lawless says, no, you're not the father. You're like a portal. Oh, so Pablo's a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they... they- 
discuss how the, the positive qualities of being called a vagina. Exactly. They followed up because he got all like badass and she's like, wow, yeah. Pablo, that was really badass. He goes, yeah, I'm not a vagina now, am I? She's like, well, actually, typically vaginas are very strong and life affirming. So right now you're yeah. more of a vagina than you've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's fantastic television right there. Yep. Uh, his dad's business is called Brock Williams has wood. Yes. Excellent. You don't know if he's a lumberjack or a, or a furniture creator. He's just yeah. got a picture of a log and an axe. Uh, uh, Ash and Kelly are going to head off to go find the book, and he sees his old what, high school gym teacher walking up <laughs> to the house, and he's like, oh, she must know that Ash is back home. And, hey, she doesn't look like much now, but back in the day, she was a dynamite babe in those short gym shorts and on and on. And then, you know, the door opens, and she starts making out with Brock. And he goes, oh, not again. And Kelly yeah. goes, again? Again? <laughs> yep. It's an awesome show. Absolutely fantastic show. It is a lot of fun. I, I don't know that I'd say that it's my favorite, but it definitely fills a hole. It, it's high up there, and it fills a hole. You know, when I'm sitting there watching uh, thinking pieces over and over again, you know, ones that are really deep and really intricate, and you have to, like, make notes, like, you know, Westworld and Timeless and stuff, it fills that void where I'm like, I just want to turn my brain off for a little bit and have fun. And that show allows me to do that. It allows me to have so much fun and not have to worry about thinking heavy. Well, you know, Evil Dead is my favorite, favorite horror movie, almost my favorite movie. Like, it's it's one of my go-tos. I just enjoy watching a lot and everything to do with it. And I've absorbed so much of the nerd knowledge, if you will, as far as reading, like, different – like, I remember I bought a uh, – I had a uh, platinum edition cassette tape that came with a, a journal from one of the crew members – might have been Beckham, I think. Yeah. And then, like, I have like the, the Evil Dead companion book, and then of course I've read Bruce's book, and then I have like all the special edition DVDs that there's been, basically, because there's a new commentary or there's a new documentary or there's new this or new that or whatever. And you know, I've read the Ladies of the Evil Dead, their documentary about it and everything, and it's just, I, I just, I love that movie. So it translates to this show, right? It's just what I look forward to the most when I have a new episode right now. Amen. Like, I get all giddy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch this on my big TV instead of watching it, like, on my tablet at work or something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait and watch this on the big TV. Ooh, it gets that kind of honor, huh? It does. It does. <laughs> like, you know, there's a lot of shows I'll just watch at work overnight while I'm there, and watching on my tablet is sufficient. But when it comes to Ash vs. Evil Dead, that, that gets the big TV treatment. <sighs> nice. Yeah. It's important it's to have fantastic. standards like that. I, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure things have a higher priority and feel more important in life. And I'm talking about a TV show, I realized. <laughs> Anyhow, so as you can see, I loved it. And that's my, that's, uh, yes. I can't it was, oversell enough that everyone should be watching this show. I, I'm upset that they only release them one at a time because they are only a half an hour long each and you're thirsty for more at the end it because of course the evil dead stuff was always movies so these feel like you're just getting to the ramp up and then oh oh i gotta wait a week yeah exactly even when you binge watch them all together yeah you know i mean it's still i mean it's it's six hours or something and it just screams by you know yep yeah, it's just it's awesome. I Absolutely. love it. Absolutely. Again, it's just, I can't wait 
to watch tonight's episode. I don't know if I'm going to watch it tonight. I may save it and watch it tomorrow night. So when I'm feeling more refreshed. Well, I will tell you, um, it's there. Like I watched the second episode this morning around like 10 or 11 and yep. the third one was already available. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So that's why I said I didn't choose to watch this week, just because I saw it on there, and I'm like, no, nah, he's not going to be watching it. I won't have to talk about it. So. Yeah, no, I've had a busy, busy day. So. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey, so um, you watching Elementary? I am watching Elementary. I just again, I did we already talk about they didn't they already they didn't have a new episode this past week correct, correct. all right okay but last I week we like, talked about how it was basically like a regular episode rather than a coming back from yeah i didn't feel like anything special right do you want to delve into westworld now because we are on sunday do you want to wait and go back to it seeing how we just had such a long delving conversation of ash versus evil dead i'm good to delve onto westworld all right. So you watched episode two, I, I assume. I did, and then I double, triple checked everywhere to make sure that episode three wasn't out yet. Yes, I and, did kind of the same thing yesterday. <laughs> and it was not, so yeah. I am officially, quote-unquote, caught up. Um. So what did you think? I think that this show – well, I made the mention earlier about thinking pieces. I think that this show is setting up a lot of stuff. I, a lot of shows will have like one premise. Like I mentioned Timeless earlier, you know, so there's one thing going on right now. There's a couple little side stories, but there's one main thing going on. But with Westworld, I feel like there are a lot of main things. Like there's the conflict between the people who are running the place, you know, from the people who are like, well, Anthony Hopkins, you know, wrote this code and he shouldn't have because it caused this glitch in all these people. And we know better than he does. And he's just getting old um, to him actually like waiting for the big unveil of the new uh, scenario or whatever they call it narrative. And yeah. then being like, nope, it's not going to happen um, to even, you know, the the affectionate black guy who talks to the executive lady, you know, and he's right up in her grill and she's up in his grill. And then we find out, Oh, they're sleeping together. And you got Shannon Woodward's character who I'm referring to a lot of these people as their actor names, because I honestly don't know their real names in the show. Like they mention them so little that I forget. Like I know Dolores, but the yeah. rest of them, I'm just like hooker. So, other which, hooker. so which character are you talking about now? Uh, Shannon Woodward from Raising Hope. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know what her name is either, but she's like a tech or something. Yeah, so you yeah. know, she's she's got her own thing where they're like, oh, we're going to decommission this one. She's like, no, you're not. I'm going to go through and I'm going to fix her and we're going to figure out how yeah, this is spreading. I, I thought that was weird. But, yeah. Uh, so, and then it didn't look like she did a whole lot to it. Right. Fix it. <laughs> yeah, she was just like, back up this configuration, now reboot yourself. Yeah. But you've got that. You've got this overarching story with the man in black who it I feel like he has like a lifetime pass or something you know I couldn't quite tell at one point when he showed up to the hanging and he was yeah. like oh I want to take care of my friend here and um they were watching him on the video and the guy said you know this guy's already taken out two policies and done this you know should we uh should we stop him and I couldn't tell if the guy said the guest gets whatever he wants or that guest gets whatever he wants. No, I, I went back okay. and I'm pretty positive. He said, 
that guest gets whatever he wants. Okay. Because I kind of made a mental note, like, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And that's why I was questioning it, because if it was just the guest gets, then he's just another guy. But that guest, that leads me to believe he's the season pass holder or something. Now, see, here's something I'm going to throw out there, and I, I've read this online, and I can see it based on reading it online. But there's some that say that William is the man in black. And William was the guy that is introduced. He comes in on the train with his friend. He'd never been there before. It was his first time going. And he has that run-in with Dolores, but his friend drags him away. Because realistically, he's been going there 30 years. I bet you Dolores has looked the same. She's had the same narrative the whole time. Goes, buys the groceries, drops the one can, on and on and on. You know what I mean? So the theory is that the meek guy that takes the time to pick out like his white hat and everything and his yes. tan jacket is... and doesn't sleep with the host when he gets there even though the uh, even though she basically says you want to you that, know that he's part of a, an elaborate flashback to yes okay because they haven't really said when this takes place right and all we basically see is the lab which could, which is generic, if you will, other yeah. than clearly futuristic when it comes to like the design and the build of the characters. But you know what I mean. Well, not only that, but um, the train that brings them in, not the not the locomotive in Westworld, but the, the train that those the two monorail guys type thing that they're yeah. on. Yes, yeah. So I mean, we we don't know when it is, and so when where Westworld stays the same, it could be an elaborate flashback where we're being introduced that William is in fact the Man in Black, right? It, it could be. It's an interesting theory. I love a good theory. Um, yeah. I can't really poke any holes in it right now. You know, they could be setting it up be, saying that, you know, he was good and pure and now he dresses all in black because he's seen it all or whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe he wanted it to be real, but the fact that they reset every time drove him insane. It, it's an interesting maybe. theory. You know, I mean, there's a lot that happened in this episode. Like, we finally found out for me that Maeve was, in fact, a host and not a real person that was just there, like, keeping an eye on everything. Right. And she has – she's having this dream. But is it a dream or is she remembering a past life that she lived where, you know, everyone's killed by Indians and then she has the run-in with the man in black at the end? Right. It – um. It definitely struck me as they've talked about how they had different scenarios before and people played different parts. So is she remembering her programming from before? Yes. And then another thing I wanted to bring up was – oh, man, of course. (laughs) Um, Oh, how – okay, remember how she is brought back – to uh, and they they're working on her and they find out that she has Mercer in her stomach. Mm-hmm. Okay, well she wakes up because they allegedly didn't put her in sleep mode or whatever it is. But right, we know I think she forced herself to wake up. Yes, but when she grabbed the sca- scalpel, they were afraid of her. Yeah, that was and interesting, wasn't it? It was, but and then I'm like, well, wait a second, they can't hurt the host can't hurt people, the guests, right? And part of my brain went, well, they just, they're guns. When they shoot them, there's no real live round, so it doesn't, it doesn't actually hurt them. And then I thought, oh, wait, well, no, because, I mean, there's knives. There's all kinds of lower weapons in Westworld. Right. So it's not just guns that they can, like, so, like, okay, why were they afraid of her then? 
they shouldn't have been afraid with her. They should have known that she can't hurt them. It could also have been a moment of panic. You know, these two guys seemed like they were kind of the cleanup crew. You know, well, I, well yeah, they, uh, kinda, they, yeah, they didn't do a lot of programming or anything like that. So, you know, a woman jumps up, she's dazed and they grabs did. a scalpel. Yeah. You know, she could still flail it around. So I don't Fair know how enough. they handle knives in Westworld, but all, so far all we've seen are hosts using guns. And we still yeah. don't understand that technology. You know, you see the piff, piff coming off of the man in black's suit when he gets yep. quote unquote hit by the bullets happens a number of times. But if they fired those on another host, the other host goes down, you know, they get shot and killed. So it's something, some kind of technology that makes it so that the bullets that come out will kill a host, but will just piff on a guest. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm right there with you because I don't know. They can't have the host laid in head to toe with like little miniature explosive devices. So it can guess straight where the bullet would hit and boom, it blows a hole and bleeds. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So uh, it's gotta be something. I thought it was interesting that Shannon Woodward's character, when she was talking about like what happened with uh, Dolores's father, she was worried that it might be contagious and that the others were getting it. Yeah, and and how would it be contagious? I mean, it right. would be viral. But then again, we did see at the end, Maeve had Mercer. So clearly they can be affected from bacterial right. elements. Right. And we've seen that, like, Dolores is already experiencing some things, some dissonance. You know, she's waking up in the middle of the night. She swatted a fly and killed she it. She killed the fly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas before, you remember in the first episode, they could just walk right on her eye and she didn't do yeah. a thing. Exactly. Um. And then she wakes up in the middle of the night and goes out in the field and, you know, parts the dirt and finds a pistol. Is now, this... here's this. Is this a pistol that can hurt the Right. Because maybe the reason why – maybe there's something to do with the pistols and, and that the, that the uh, that the hosts have and possess that are different than the ones the guests have. It could be. It could be that they're programmed differently. Yeah. Yeah. I uh... – There was a lot. There was a lot. (laughs) There was a lot to unpack. And they even give you little bits more. You know, they tell you that the center is where everybody gets dropped off and it's fine there. It's quote unquote safe, which we've seen. It's anything but safe, like with the saloon. Correct. Right. But then the further out they go, they, um, the more wild westy it becomes. Yeah. The more dangerous. Yes. Yes. Although they're never really in danger. Although I got to wonder things like there are cliff sides, you know, Or what happens if one guest uh, pushes another guest or, or stabs oh, I know. them? I, I thought of that myself. Like, what happens if there's a murder in Westworld? What happens if someone commits suicide? You know, right? Because it's you know guest on guest violence. I mean, like, or just falls off a cliff. Yeah, because like one of the things like my wife said, it's like we're watching the show and there's the scene in the saloon where Teddy gets gunned down, James Marsden's character, where he gets gunned down for no reason other than he's just standing there. Right. The guy wanted to shoot someone. Exactly. How did he know? What was it that he, how did he know that was not a, another guest? How did he know that that was a host? Right. Unless he'd been there before, you know, but if you're there for the first time and you just want to shoot someone to shoot someone and you just draw and shoot at someyone and it's a guest, this is the guest just going to be like, oh, nice try. Right. So. It's, uh, it's got, 
<laughs> there really is. There is so much stuff going on. That's what I was saying about the layers. Like we have to, we have to follow the story of the techs and what they're doing. Now, for instance, Anthony Hopkins. How can you not say that Anthony Hopkins is God of this world? Like he goes in there and he meets up with that kid who I think is a representation of himself. Like he might've programmed in a younger version of himself. I know the kid has a British accent, but he's like, Oh, we're on holiday and it's boring. And you know, you, you think that maybe it's a real kid, but then a little later on when Anthony Hopkins sees the church, he's like, go home now and don't ever come back. And the kid just like drops the stick and he's like, okay. But the, the rattlesnake out in the desert, the way Anthony Hopkins holds up his hand, his one finger and the snake stops. And then he just yep. like waves it back and forth and the snake follows it and then goes away. You know, he's not just the guy who programmed everything. It, it feels like, Everything in there reacts to him differently. Well, that was another thing too. While they're out in the desert, I mentioned to my wife, I'm like, "Oh, there's there snakes out there, right? I mean, is there dangers for them to be aware of? I mean, I mean, I, I would feel like there would be, and then we see a snake. So I don't know. It's a it's a very elaborate show. It makes you think a lot about it. Yeah, like just this week. Just this week's episode, I had more notes on that than any other show that I was watching. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot that happened in there. Yep. And I am curious if Williams end up becoming the man in black or what the man in black is looking for. Because, all right, so he he's, is... <laughs> he's looking for the maze. Exactly. The entrance but, to the maze. But, like, okay, so the guy that he rescued from being hung, mm -hmm. okay... After he kills all his family, basically, and his wife and everything, now he's going to kill his daughter. All of a sudden, the daughter tells him the maze is not meant for you. And Where was that in her programming? Well, that's the thing is, did you notice even her voice was different? Everything like, changed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because she'd like been like, Papa and blah, blah, blah. And then she just like looked up and she's like, the maze is not intended for you. And he's yes. like, well, tell me. And she's like, okay, do this. And gave him some cryptic thing to follow. Yeah. Now, how did the park – I mean, like, obviously, we've seen he's been on camera. How do they not know what's going on with him? How do they not know what he's doing? Or do they really just don't worry about it? His story is reminding me of the book Ready Player One, which will be a movie in the next couple of years or so. Uh, but it was like that, basically, in the future, dystopian, blah, blah, blah. But a guy had set up a um, a virtual world that people could live in millions of virtual worlds and he set up a very elusive scavenger hunt that if you could piece the pieces together then you would win his fortune and it's reminding me of that because those things were so elusive that you know you might walk right by one of the clues every day and not even realize it until you happen to do just the right thing at just the right time so i feel like that's what's going hmm. on with the man in black is the the only reason that the girl said that was because he happened to find the right point, the right pressure point, the right thing to do. Now, what happens, like, at one point, when does everything reset? Because if you're the man in black, you're up all night or you're camping out or whatever, and then in the morning, is everything reset? Like, all those people that are killed, that they're back there, that guy's, you know, obviously not being hung again because he's with him, but, you know, like, the guy that he scalped, does he have his hair back? Right. You know, like Cause they never I'm, tell you that, but it, it's implied the way that Dolores is constantly waking up and going out and doing her morning routine. Right. So at what point does like that happen? I mean, like, say you're a guest and you're there and you're up all night long 
at the saloon or whatever. I mean, at some point, does everyone in the saloon just reset? Or do people cycle in and cycle out? Yeah, folks cycling in, cycling out. You know what I mean? It reminds me of, um, like, like the whole gremlins thing. Don't feed them after midnight. Right. <laughs> like, what is everything is yeah. after midnight? So, you know, when do they reset these? I kind of wish they'd tell us. Like, when a guest comes in, do they say, okay, we've signed up for a week, so everything plays out for one full week, and then it resets? Or because it well, would, yeah, uh, but that's I'll, just one guest, though. I mean, that they said. They had what fifteen hundred guests in the park, right? At some point, so they can't cater to all fifteen hundred people. That's true. I don't know. It... We've seen Dolores do the same thing like six or seven times now, so you would assume that her programming is the same. And I know, like, if I went to Disney, Space Mountain's going to be the same every day. It's still exciting, from what I understand. I've never been, but. I would expect in a place like that, that if I woke up at the same time every day and walked outside, I wouldn't see the same people doing the same thing. Like Dolores filling up her pack. Yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right. Although they do change some things you'll notice. Like this time, instead of the sheriff talking about somebody being up in the hills, it was some union soldiers recruiting for the army. Yep. Yep. And then that guy, William's friend seemed to know all about like, the old minor 49er who was like trying to lure him into like a gold thing. He's like, ah, don't talk to him. He's just trying to get you to go off them some stupid gold adventure. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly like he's familiar with the same people that it is. It's like when you walk in town initially, you have all these barkers that are there trying to get you to come do their thing for that adventure. We've seen it, you know, whether it's hunting the guy, recruiting, like you said, the guy looking for the gold rush, on and on and on. Um, but Dolores doesn't seem to be luring anyone in. Her role seems to be pretty much set to waking up, going to get supplies, going home, interacting with another another host, uh, painting. I mean, like, she doesn't seem to be... She's the oldest host in the park, but she doesn't seem to do a lot of hosting. Right. Other than when the man in black violently rapes her repeatedly. Right. I thought another interesting aspect of it was, because they brought it up in both the beginning and the end, was when he was coming off the train with his friend, or maybe it was when they first set out in there, the new guy. Uh, he made it a point to say, you know, this place allows you to be who you really are. Finally figure out who you really are, not be who you figure out who you really are. And I can't wait to see who that is. And then yeah. later on, when the executives are talking, they were like, you know, oh, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. He was like, the guests come back for the details, for the subtleties that they missed, you know, that nobody else has ever seen. The things that they think, I saw this and nobody else did. He's like, they don't want to know who they are. They already know who they are. Yeah. So yeah. it was interesting that we got diametric opposites there. You know, the guests were like, oh, we want to find out who you really are. And this guy's like, no, they come here because they already know who they are. See, for me, another thing, like, and I tried to have this conversation with my wife, and she's like, it's a pretend show. This is not happening. <laughs> um, but if but any like, show out there could be real, I'd want this one. Right, yeah. But like, okay, so you go there, and you, you have you have sex with a hooker. Is that cheating? 
I would assume yes. It, See that 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 me I I would lean towards that myself. Uh, it's the same aspect. I know it's not exactly the same. It's actually worse if you um did like cyber sex or something. Right, right. Yeah. Some might say, well, there was another person involved. Yeah, but they weren't physically in there. Oh, it's still mm. cheating, and you know, you used another fleshy body to experience orgasm. Blah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you about that. But then the same thing. All right. Well, at that same token, if you shoot and kill someone, did you just murder someone? Right. I don't think so in that case. You know, so it's like, all right, well, then that case, can you be justified that anything that you do to the host doesn't count Really, whether you kill them, beat them up, have sex right. with them, whatever. It's a very it interesting just philosophical matter. discussion. Yeah. You know, uh, my philosophy professor once gave us a discussion where he said, you know, say you have a favorite car and one of the doors breaks off and you replace the door. Is it still your favorite car? Well, yeah, it is. Okay, well, now the other door. And he started going through and he's like, if you've replaced every single part on it at some point, not all at once, but one part at a time, is it still your car or is it a different vehicle? And it was, it's the same kind of thing here, you know, is this cheating, is this murder, or is it not? And is one, yes, murder, but not cheating, or yes, cheating, but not murder? Where do you draw those philosophical lines? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it It is a very deep show so far. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's a show where, clearly I must really be enjoying it. <laughs> But like, because I've watched each episode twice to yep. make sure I've, I've pulled everything in. So clearly, but it, it's still like I, I don't, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird. It's like I'm still, I'm still on, I'm, I'm still unsure. Okay. But yet I've watched each episode twice <laughs> to make sure I understand. <laughs> so like, I think I said this last week too. Clearly, I'm, I must like it. Yes. I think I'm, I'm you devoting this much time to it. Well, um, I made the reference last time about Lost and think about Lost the same way. Like when the first few episodes of Lost, everyone was like, I love this show. Well, why? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if yeah, you were to, different, if you were to ask somebody after the first two episodes of Lost, what the synopsis was, people crashed on an island. There's something in the woods. We don't know what's going on. There's a polar bear, but it's a tropical island. Yeah. Why do you like it? I don't know. I just do. Yeah, and I, I'm a big fan of Westerns, and this is a big aspect of it, is obviously the Western part of it. And see, I'm not a fan of Westerns at all. I'm really digging the thinking pieces and the philosophies. <clears throat> yeah. Really got me going. Well, that's what I mean, is like I'm enjoying both aspects of it, but like I'm I, I'm really into Westerns, and like the Western part of this is a really good Western. Right. Um, it's a good story. I mean, the whole thing's a good story. It's, it's very compelling, and it's very... Uh, it makes you think. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I'm on the bubble if I like it or not. I mean, I'm, I clearly, I, I must, <laughs> but like you just said with lost, it's one of those things like, I don't know. I, I like know. it, but why do I like it type of thing? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's I, I'm very interested. I'm, I'm much more interested in the whole cave thing. You know, this scavenger hunt that really has me going. Because I want to yes. know what the deal is with it. He's talking about how it's the next level of this game. 
you know, the deeper level of this game. And is he talking just Westworld in general, or is he talking something like, has Anthony Hopkins set this up like they did in Ready Player One, where only the best minds will find their way to the deepest layer and take over Westworld type of thing? Oh, yeah, I didn't consider that. Um, and then Anthony Hopkins' character also revealing that he's got a new scenario that he's going to unleash soon. It has something to do with that church. Because yep. he saw the church twice and leads the guy right up to it and says that it's uh, he's been working on it for some time and it's very original. It'll kind be interesting of, to see what it is. Kind of ominous. Yeah, because that other guy's narrative that he created was basically like an Indian raid battle yep. craziness type of thing. Um, you know another thing that I like about this show, I can say right now, this may sound what? weird coming from me. Because I'm I'm a I'm a dude, but I like the fact that it hasn't been overtly sexual. Like we've seen hookers, we saw one very brief scene in this episode where the guy was like had three women on top of him at once, which was right very short. It was not drawn out. It was just meant to show that this was what he came here for. You know, he wanted it's, to have three women at once. I mean, sex definitely is a big factor of the show but it's not gratuitous I want it's to say. not game of thrones right yeah i mean it's like for instance you we don't see dolores getting raped right we just and he he, and he doesn't even imply he doesn't even say i'm gonna you know i'm gonna fuck you or whatever he just says let's go have let's go celebrate let's go have some fun yep and then drags her off into the garage and closes the door or like tandy so, newton's uh hooker you know maze. yes yeah, had her naked on the operating table, and they didn't show anything for the longest time. Then when she like got up and was running down the hall, you got brief glimpses here and there. Yeah, L- like I think of a show like Game of Thrones, it would have been like focusing completely on her naked body. She would have gotten up off the table, and it would have been like follow the areolas all the way down the hall. And it's not that I don't appreciate nudity. It's not that I don't oh, like yeah. nudity. I just like the fact that this show is more concerned with story than yep. showing off. Every body part that it can, and it has lots of opportunities. Oh you no! Know? And, and obviously, that element's there because realistically, I mean, that is something people would most likely seek out. Oh, absolutely! And they've even they've even shown like the lockers with all the naked decommissioned bodies, you know. And you see junk yes. in there, you see breasts, but again, it's not overly like they're not hanging up on it. Right. It's actually it's not displayed in a sexual way at all. It's just like, like oh, these are the uh, decommissioned hosts. Yep. Who've yep. been lobotomized and, and are the basically two- standing there and slowly rotting. Like that was one thing I, I admit. It's like, why aren't they like dismantling these? Why are they keeping these things in cold storage? They're not. Right. And then why aren't their bodies decaying? Because I feel like, are they going to rise up? Right. Oh, I bet they will. You know, whatever's like, infecting this whole these lobotomized <laughs> army down there. That's just going to go old rage virus on everybody. <laughs> Yep. But yeah, that was my two cents. I, I really appreciate that sexuality, you know, the main two hookers, we've only seen one of them out of her clothes because she was being operated on on that table. You know, they're Correct. not walking yeah. around the town naked and, and flaunting themselves. It was done for the aspect of the story, yep. but not in a, a, a lured way. So. And, and they spent more time. They had like, what, two or three different sessions of trying to tweak Maeve's personality, make her a little more aggressive or a little yes. more sensitive yes. so that she could appeal. It was never, you know, well, let's get her into some tighter fitting clothing or something like that. They were going for the personality aspect to in up her seduction game. So, again, thinking stuff. It's brilliant. I love it. 
Oh no, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was Sunday. Those two shows. Forty minutes later, uh, <laughs> they, they had. Uh, the, don't forget, The Simpsons was on Sunday. Was it? I didn't see a new episode on my Hulu. I thought I didn't see Simpsons, Son of His Horn, or Family Guy as a new episode. Uh, they only had Bob's Burgers and Simpsons because uh, then they had something. The debate, maybe. The debate. Yeah. I think it was the vice presidential debate or something like that. Um, but The Simpsons was the one where they moved to Boston. It was vi- not not subtle at all. Like, they moved to Boston because they went there to protest the uh, – what was it? The Boston Patriots or something? It was No, it wasn't the yeah. Patriots. It was like, you know, something – the Boston Americans. The Boston Americans football team, and they were mad because the Boston Americans always cheat somehow, and yet they still win, and, and everybody plays oh, them. But it's the Patriots. Exactly. They're a bunch of no, – no. oh, dude, even the uh, coach of the Americans, yes. like, yes. had a scowl on his face and pulled the hood yeah, up was, over himself. It was Bill and, Belichick. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was a standard Simpsons episode. It was fun to see them do the you know oh we're gonna live in this other place and now we hate it. The end. Yeah, now we hate it. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. That's right. So uh, Monday night, I got a few shows to talk about Monday. Yeah. I'm gonna start with uh, Supergirl. Supergirl, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad to see Supergirl back on the CW. I didn't really notice any big production changes between one of the other. Well, I mean, the DOE headquarters is now different. <laughs> that was the big thing that I noticed. Sorry. But Catco's the same, which is But otherwise, yes. I didn't notice anything hugely different other than that DOE headquarters is now in a building as opposed to in the desert. Right. And my note on that was they must have needed that soundstage for something else. Yeah. Yeah. So... But uh, otherwise, uh, I enjoyed the episode. Yep. They introduced a lot of characters in this episode. They introduced Clark. Yep. Uh, well, Superman and Clark Kent. And I must say, I, I do enjoy this uh, this fella's version of Clark Kent and Superman. I do too, but there's something about his eyes. Something weird, like, not that one of them's lazy, but it's almost like they're spaced a little too far apart in his head. <laughs> when you catch him at the right angle, it looked like they were both trying to escape around the back of his head. But yeah, otherwise, I think he makes a pretty good Superman. Yeah. Pretty good Clark. Yeah, I think so. I think good. And, you know, it's definitely implied in the episode near the end where he said he'll be sticking around for a little while. So we're yep. going to see more of him. Yeah. Absolutely. They did a um, good job of them teaming up. I really felt the yes. synergy there. Yes. I liked their interaction with each other, you know? Yep. And his reasoning for sticking around is he just likes being around family, someone that's like him. Right. Yeah. Yep. So it makes sense. Um, but like, you know, we, they, they introduced Lena Luther yep. in this episode. Apparently I've guessed she's going to factor in it quite tremendously for the rest of the season. Yeah. I like the fact that they stuck with the, uh, she's adopted storyline. Yep. She's adopted. She wants to make, she's changing to L Corp. She wants to make something good of it. Like, uh, you know, at the end when, um, they had the, uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. John Corbin. I can't think of it. Thank you, John Corbin. I had written it down, but for some reason it's not here. But they had John Corbin was on that table, and the girl walks up to him, and I thought that was going to be Lena. Like I right. thought they were going to reveal in the end. Oh no, she's evil after all, and it wasn't. So that was cool. No, it was Linda Carter. 
Yeah, it was Linda Carter, <laughs> which was even cooler because you know right. Wonder Woman and all. But um, but yeah, I, I like that. You know, they introduced her character. They talk about Lex. They say he's serving thirty-one consecutive life sentences. Right. They don't say. And then they talk of him causing an earthquake in California, but they don't say what it was. He other than those two elements, they don't tell us what he did or how 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 he murdered the people or whatever it is. Now. The earthquake in California, he, they didn't say anything about him causing that, did they? I thought that was Jimmy going off about the, uh, the original Superman movies. And he said, you know, when, when the earthquake happened in California and you went so fast that you turned back and they were like, Jimmy, enough. So I got the impression he was uh, talking about that. Okay. I, for some reason, I, you're right. I, I, I know that I thought they mentioned something that Lex did, but maybe I just assumed it was Lex. I didn't hear them or say maybe- anything. I feel like I heard him say when Lex made the earthquake happen in California. Hmm, maybe. I'd have to go back and watch it again. For some reason, I'm stuck on that. But anyhow. But still, I mean, and then like, oh, the couple who who advised they're going to go back to Gotham. Yep. yep. Moving back to Gotham. So <laughs> now they've mentioned Gotham in this universe. Yep. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. You know, they, they mentioned a lot of things like that. They introduced Miss Tessmacher oh. and, and Lena Luther and <laughs> when John she screamed Corbin out Miss Tessmacher the first time, yes, I got I giddy. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, Tessmacher, I mean, so yeah, they, they, they did a lot this episode. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, clearly Clark and John Jones have beef and we find, we know what that is. John Jones has kryptonite on hand. Right. And he found it with Superman. Yep. And then said, no, we should keep this and use it. And Superman was like, get it out of here. It makes me sick. So I yep. would mistrust the guy at that point, too. If, if I was like, oh, well, yeah, I feel this like is my kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> this is my kryptonite. <laughs> this is the one thing that can hurt me. And the guy's like, you know, I'm going to keep my hands on this for a little while. I'd be like, I don't trust you now. Um, And we also kind of, like, in the background, introduced the guy who came down in the shuttle from the last season. Yes, the, the man who fell from Earth or something like that. Yeah, he uh, passed through the well of stars because, you know, they have the technology to read the uh, ship's trajectory and see what happens. So he went through the well of stars. Oh, my dad took me there. Time doesn't pass while you're there. Yeah. So that's why he looks like he does. Oh, I, you know what's funny? I know I looked this up, looked up both of them to see how they were connected to the comic books. And it told me who that guy was in the shuttle, who they think it was. Now I can't remember. I didn't look it up. So I don't know. But I knew, like, when they said John Corbin, I was like, oh, boy. Oh, I'm excited now. We're going to get Metallo. And I was right. It's um one thing that kind of bugged me. I, again, I know it's a comic book and everything. But the fact yeah. that he, he went to the Weasley guy, bought the drone. He's like, how do I control it? And the guy's like, oh, the control panel's right there. One drone in a case, special glass case. He pops yep. the drone out, shoots the guy that invented it. The end. Well, now suddenly he's flying around dozens of drones. He's got them yeah, littering um, the city, ridiculous. targeting uh, civilians. But he's still got the one control panel. How is he controlling that many with one control panel? Skills. And where did the other ones come from? It, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. But and then yeah. we've got um, Kara has decided that she doesn't know who she wants to be. She wants to work in this field and this field. And Cap's like, no, no, you need to make up your mind. You need to figure out what you want to be. And it was just to get her to the point of saying she wanted to be a reporter, which Cap predicted the day that she came into the Daily Planet or uh, sorry, Catco the first time. 
Kat wrote right on her resume, reporter, because she's going to be a reporter. And Kara decides that now is the best time to friend zone Jimmy, saying, yeah. you know, you're what I wanted, but now I have you, and I don't really want you because I need to figure out who I am. So I think you'd make a better friend. And you can see the look of disappointment on his face, but he's like, I have no choice. Yeah, I know. I, I, I went right back to Scrubs when JD finally got Elliot, Elliot again and then realized, uh, but I don't want her because you yep. always want what you can't have. And now that you can, yeah. Yeah, that little <laughs> inner dialogue when she curls up next to him and yeah. she's like, so John Dorian, you finally got me. Now what do you want to do? And he has the inner dialogue and he goes, I don't want her. Yeah. <laughs> and then panic look on his face. And I was happy to see Wynn move up so he's not like a research guy at CACO anymore. He's actually part of the DEO. So they're going to use yes. his skills there rather than wasting them at CACO, which is good. Yes. Which is, oh yeah, I like that a lot better as well. Cause he can still help Kara from there. Cat was still the best character. I, I still feel that Cat has some of the best lines, some of the best speeches and, um, and then right at the end there, we get the little teaser with Welcome to Cadmus, Metallo. Yes. So that'll be fun going forward. Yeah. And if the series keeps up like this, like with that, for, if the first, if this episode is uh, what we have to come, look, look forward to. It's going to be a great season. Absolutely. I, I did want to throw one thing out here from the news. Uh, apparently this week, Miley Cyrus was on a uh, talk show and was dissing Supergirl because she said, here, we've got this show on TV that's about superheroes and we've got all these other superheroes and the one girl is called Supergirl. She's a woman. She should be Superwoman. So clearly Shut up, Miley. she's ignorant of the fact that this is based on a comic book, that they covered all that in episode one, that it has nothing to do with being diminutive to her or anything. So... Miley needs to get put in her place. She's ignorant. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she is. But yes, I agree. If this is a preview of what's to come, I'm very excited for this season of Supergirl. Because I know, I think it's Martin and Aaron. I think it was Martin and Aaron. I'm pretty definitely sure about the Aaron part of things. Uh, doesn't care for Supergirl and couldn't get through the first season. Maybe it was Ronnie. Um but I'm just like, ah, oh, you gotta give it a try. It's good. It's good. I liked it. It is. It wasn't. It was not a burden to hang on and watch that whole first season. Not at all. I ne like. There were times that I didn't like it, or I was like, why am I watching this? But it was never to the point of I should just give it up. Exactly. I mean, you can and you can watch that whole first season right on the CW app right now, or right on Netflix. Netflix <laughs> has the entire first season. <laughs> you sound much. like you're shilling for them. I know, I didn't mean to. But. You can sit right down and watch that on your handy neighborhood app. Just go to the exactly. link on our so, web page. I mean, it's, it's available to these fellas if they choose right. to. Oh, heck. Hey, let's stick with the superhero theme for Monday night. Let's talk about Gotham. <laughs> uh, now, one of those statements has to be false. Do you want to <laughs> stick with the superhero theme, or do you let's want to talk about Gotham? Let's stick with the alleged comic book theme. There you go. How's that? That's a um, little closer. So I just – this episode was kind of weak sauce, I think. Yep. Um, I will say Alice died a horrible, horrible death. Yes. Uh, and, of course, the Mad Hatter blamed Gordon as he was being hauled slash running, running away. Yep, yep. And then I wasn't – I didn't think it was going to be the captain, but I knew somebody was going to get infected by her blood. Right. Because she was impaled so high up and it's dripping down. Yep. 
Um, but Captain Gimpy stood there and let it drip right in his eyeball. Hit him right in the eyeball. Jeez, right in the looker. So, do, you th- do you think now he's going to turn all orange and rocky? <laughs> uh, wrong. <laughs> but Michael so, Chuck, nice was try. a good thing. Um, so anyways, but yeah, uh, I was a little disappointed with the Penguin and Joker and uh, Riddler's interactions in this episode. As much as they've been the best things in the last few, it was kind of uh, – they, they, they were ahead. at odds with each other this time. Yeah, exactly. And they give the implication that Riddler was uh, going against Penguin because he was taking back all the bribe money and on and on and on. And Penguin still won. Yep. Because he was teaching him the lesson, you know, the yeah. riddle that it's love. And you wouldn't have known that the people loved you if you had bought the election. But now that you didn't buy it, you can see they love you. Yeah. Now Butchie's going to be upset. Oh, Butchie is pissed. <laughs> yeah, he already wanted to ice the Riddler. And now that the Riddler's been made his uh, deputy and your chief of staff or whatever. Chief of staff, yeah. So that'll be interesting. And then Lee talked to Gordon. I don't care. Oh, that was well. I had to move on. What do you mean you had to move on? There was like six months. Yeah, like it was six months. He was like, in prison. What happened to their baby? She miscarried. Remember? Oh, that's right. But still, it was six months. Well, see, that leads even more credence to the idea that um, she's like, I had to, I had to move on. Well, I could understand if you were like, look, I'm an expectant mother. Somebody has to help me with this child. Yeah, you know. That old story that we've seen play out before. But this time she was like, no, I was single. I was fancy free. I decided that I needed another dude. Yep. Yep. And all this is is predicated on the fact that Jim's not well. Because now every time he hears anything that sounds like rhythmic ticking, like the Hatter's Watch, he tries to kill himself. But, no, he broke that at the end of that episode. Well, he remember? did. But that's why she was talking to him was because he had stepped into try he doesn't even like always actively try to kill himself like yeah one no. time he put a gun to his head but the other time he just like wandered out into traffic and stood in front of a dump truck yep well it's, that will kill you it it was a lame kind of the mad hatter deserves a little better than that i know he's kind of a b-rated villain but yeah. it would have been nice to see like when they were doing the rise of the villains thing and they had jerome you saw the effects of his actions everywhere Oh, big time, yes. And this was very subdued. I, okay, I know you'd probably disagree with this, but this was by far one of the worst uses of wrestlers. Sorry, wrestlers. Oh, God. In a TV show. Stupid. It was so stupid. Harvey's going to burn their masks. Oh, come on, Harvey. They have more than one mask. Yeah, and they They weren't really luchadors from the No, they weren't. They're five brothers. That was stupid. And the fact that he, like, he recruited them. There are thugs everywhere in Gotham, and he goes and recruits wrestlers because their names sound kind of like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And he's going for the whole Alice theme, sure. But the fact that these wrestlers actually did damage inside the GCPD, like they managed to climb up into the upper rafters and throw themselves down on people. How? The the GCPD sucks. Yeah, it's not a very good police department. No. Well, you know what it is? It's because people get killed so much that the (laughs) officers are just young and inexperienced. Right. And they're not expected to live. Exactly, because their senior staff is just getting murdered left and right. 
<sighs> yeah. And, and let's Anyhow. not forget the other part, the fact that Toos, that is what I'm calling him from now on, is apparently Batman. Because that kid can fight, can kick ass, and has, like, zero emotional depth to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that as well. Meanwhile, you've got Bruce over here. Do, do, do you think Selena really kissed him? Do you think she liked it? Oh, my God. And this I know. other that kid's like, <laughs> I've got to go. I've got to leave Gotham. And he, like, steps yeah. off the roof, lands on a truck, runs away. I'm like, there's Batman. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much. My my sister had posited that a while ago. She's like, wouldn't it be cool if it turned out that, like, Toos is Batman? Like, he'll come back later on as Batman, and so we'll still have <laughs> Bruce and Batman. And I was like, that would be kind of cool, because I don't like this Bruce. I know. I don't like this Bruce either. I don't see. I mean, seriously, I could have done without the whole sitting there with, with Alfred and being like, do, do you really think she liked the kiss? And Alfred's like, oh, I'm not getting involved in this. Yeah. I'm that like, neither am I, Alfred. Alfred, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So, Big Bang Theory? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to go with my, I enjoyed the episode. This yep. season's definitely been better than last season. Mm -hmm. You know, they they gave us a fish-out-of-water experience of Sheldon and Amy living together. Which I but, love the flash photography. Yes, When she fell out of bed. She was yes. like, hold on a second. He's like, <laughs> um, But otherwise, I'm just sort of like, eh. Like, uh, I'm not blown away. They're really overdoing how involved Raj in, is in this pregnancy. Um, that is too excessive. Yeah, it's – and the whole them calling him up to find out the sex of the baby and then suddenly Bernadette, like, every time he gets on the phone, she's like, no, I changed my mind. Yeah. No, hang up the phone. It was, yeah. like, that shtick that I could do without. Yep, same here. But there were some good moments, you know, that I liked how they convinced Sheldon to move over there by basing it on Star Trek. You know, Star Trek was a five-year mission to explore new worlds. This yeah. is just a five-week mission. He's like, okay. And then at the end when they were, like, science dissing each other, him and Amy going back and forth, talking that about, like... That was pretty hilarious, Oh, actually, it was yeah. great. You yeah. wouldn't know that if it jumped up and bit you in the face because you're a physicist and you don't even deal with confounding variables. Oh, it, it was oh. funny. <laughs> um, Was it... Penny at one point, she's yeah. just like, she, I, I want to say damn. Should I say damn? Now's a good time. Damn! You know. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's not a bad season so far. Um, no, it's way better than last season. Yes, but it's still stretching it. Like, they're yeah. already talking about two more seasons. I'm like, what are they going to do? You know, are they going to introduce the baby? Will we actually have a baby this season? And if so, will then the baby be brought along to all the different functions of the group or is this baby just going to kind of be forgotten? Will Raj raise the baby? <laughs> Raj will become their nanny. Yeah. Their manny. <laughs> manny. Yeah. Funny. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's not bad. It's just, it's not blowing me away, but it's enjoyable. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, timeless. Timeless. That was a great episode. It really was. I, I was so yeah. happy that this wasn't a one-shot wonder. Yep. Yeah, it was a great episode. Um, did I miss the point where, like in the first one with the Hindenburg, it explains, they explain, oh, he's going to have all these uh, people who invented the helicopter and this yep. and that and whatnot climb on it. What was the reason behind, oh, killing Grant and... 
Yeah, originally the the conspiracy was to kill Lincoln, the vice president, Grant, and one other one. Uh, Hold on, I got it. The original plan was to kill Lincoln, Grant, the vice president, and the secretary of state, the four most powerful men in the union at the time. Yeah. And if they had, then the union would have dissolved and the confederacy would have risen again, you know, in the wake of that. But the three others fell through that night in the original history. And that was what was really interesting about this episode was they were introducing the idea that the history that we know right now is wrong. Yep. You know, the villain is basically implying that he's trying to fix the world. Like he's trying to put right what once went wrong. Exactly. Yes. He's the good leaper. And that's what really like got my brain working in overtime. And I was all excited. I was like, oh, so it could be that what we all know, because that's the thing is with a show like this, you see that they come back in time and and, uh, they know that now in their history, an unknown English assailant killed Lincoln. And yes, uh, John Wilkes Booth was found stabbed somewhere else. Yeah, or he was, he was he was he was found he was murdered or he was he was found to be the mastermind hunted down and killed. Right, right. Yes. It, and then in, uh, a little known actress saved Grant, and there's a school in Ohio named after her. Yes. Yep. Um, so they're they're changing history. Right. And that's what makes it weird, you know, so that you and I are sitting here talking. And as far as we know, in our history, Lincoln was killed. The other three were not. But what if originally they were all supposed to die? The Confederacy rerose, something else happened, and then somebody went back and changed it to make the country worse type of thing. Yeah. So we could uh, be living with long history. I do history. like the fact that they're not, they're not shy about having uh, – about doing alternate history. Like yes. they're not trying to make it so that at the end of every week, every episode, things stayed the way they were supposed to stay. Right. So far they've had two episodes and they have drastically altered American history in yep. both of them. Um, and I, I kind of like how, you know, ultimately nobody else, not nobody else knows about it, but ultimately like, you know, when, they're the only three that realize there's a change. Right. And they have to explain to people. They're like, no, originally it was John Wilkes Booth. They're like, get out of here. It'd be like if somebody came to us today and said, no, Superman really was a person. But, you know, he's been wiped out of the history books because of Lex Luthor. And we're like, no, come on. He's a comic character. And they'd be like, no, seriously, legitimately, in history, he was there. I like that aspect as well. It's cool. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. I love the uh, running gag that, you know, when the ship took off, the papers blew all over the place, which happens in yes. all those shows, like in Flash when he comes into a room or leaves a room. But somebody actually said, we should get some paperweights. And they did. Yeah, they actually got paperweights. I, and I they thought worked. that was great. And it shows like the rumbling and it cuts down and the paperweights are holding all the papers down. And yeah, yep. I thought that was funny as well. It was awesome. And then we also learned in this episode that um, she had that lab tech that the uh, the black guy likes, she was running genealogy to find out why her sister's missing. Yes. And, and it turns out that her dad isn't her dad. Yeah. <laughs> what about that, huh? Yeah. So something, you know, if her mom and dad never got together, which is why her mom doesn't have lung cancer, because apparently her father in her original reality got her smoking. Yep. Dick. Um, but... So if they didn't get together to conceive the other daughter, then that makes sense. But then who is the mystery father? 
Flynn, yeah, Flynn, the bad guy, definitely told her at some point you will be working with me. So we know that there's another mystery coming up soon here where she's going to be like, we do need to set time right. How's she going to handle that? I don't know. It'll be interesting. But yeah, that's right. He does. He did say that to her where she'll be working with me. So, But here's something interesting. I, I got a message from uh, our friend, Mr. Mully. And he said to me, he said to me, uh, you know, I like Timeless, but for the life of me, I don't know if I really do like it because I can't tell you the name of a single character on there. And it's true. Like, I took a note that her name is Lucy because I happened to hear somebody say, oh, Lucy. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's her name. And yeah. Flynn, they said, but like, I don't remember the name of the soldier. So he's just soldier. And then, yep. <laughs> and then the black guy the is black guy is the black guy. And. That was really interesting too. His whole sub story here where he met those newly freed slaves and they were celebrating the fact that they uh, were free and they wanted to go look for their families down south. And he was like, no, you really shouldn't do that. You know, you've got to be careful because he knew that Lincoln was going to die that night. And then it's not easy for slaves after that for a long time. Oh, so, gosh. So he got to see his own history there playing out, which is good. You know, the, the soldier doesn't really have any endearing qualities going on right now. He keeps talking about this wife that mysteriously died. and You know, oh, we we should go back in time and save her, but we can't. And Yeah. Yeah. They had the whole moral quandary of whether or not they should save Lincoln. I know, and then like she was like, "Well, no, because history's history," and it, you know. And then, of course, the soldiers all like, "Oh, so you wouldn't save my sister, or my right. wife, my wife? I mean, right? So. But you're you'd go back to find save your, your sister, sister. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the black guy's like, "Look, if we don't save Lincoln, it is going to be so hard for my people. You've seen what happens. It is not good. Let's save him." And they're legitimately like they want him saved, and she even has a change of heart and tries to save him. When the shot comes in. Yep. So that would have been very interesting to see them change. But I get it. That would really make the show hard to write because then they'd have a massive, massive change to the entire country structure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, you know, maybe think of what you were talking about earlier about how this guy is setting history back to what it's supposed to be and this and that. Yeah. Uh, there's the episode of Quantum Leap where he plays Lee Harvey Oswald. And then he leaps because he, yeah. he and he leaps into the, the, the Secret Service agent. And then, you know, Al tells him, well, in the original future, she was killed. In the original timeline, whatever, she was killed as well. Yep. Because that's really the only time I can think of where they really changed history, if you will, mm -hmm. on. So, yep. Oh, that was a great show. Quantum Leap was amazing. The graphics were terrible. If you go back and try to watch it now, like the very oh, first yeah. episode, watching him walk through Al the first time is painful yeah. to watch. Yeah, that is pretty bad. But, but great show. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's see here. What's up next? Uh, do you have any more Monday night stuff? I don't break mine down by Monday or whatever, so I oh, don't remember. Yeah. I have. I, I just, I don't know. makes me remember to make sure I watch the show. <laughs> as odd as that is, maybe. Um, so, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So, S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually back as S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. 
Yep, they went legit this episode. Yeah, what do you think about that? I think it's a good move. I I think that as a viewer and as a fan of the movies yep. and the shows, I was getting a little tired of them operating only in the shadows. As was I. So I think that this is the right time. It's a good move, you know, with all the inhuman attacks and everybody worried about it. Now this group of watchdogs out there, I think that they made the right call by legitimizing themselves and saying, yep, we're back. And uh, they should have one of those signs up there, you know, like how many days since an accident. It should be like how many days since Hydra agents were found inside. <laughs> has a little car that <laughs> flips down. <laughs> 265 days since we found a Hydra agent inside our ranks. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, I don't care that Daisy is estranged. No. The fact that, uh, Ghost Rider's brother was like, hey, you need to hit the bricks, chick. Yeah. Didn't bother me whatsoever. No, no. I, I was fine with that. She's, I, I feel like she's making her bed and lying in it. You know, she decided she wanted to go off on her own. She knew what was best. And she... She works better as a team, whether she was as part of the Inhumans team or part of S.H.I.E.L.D., she works better as a team, and she kind of needs that right now. So let her be out there and try to think she can do it all on her own. Tank gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right with you. That's basically kind of how I feel about it. I felt that this week the premise was awesome. Like the EMP and, and you're wondering, is it an inhuman EMP or what's going on? Because it was consistently keeping everything knocked out. Like normally an EMP knocks everything out, but then like if somebody walked in with a cell phone to the blast radius after it had gone off, then their cell phone would work fine. It doesn't leave Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't. It, right. Right. But this one did. Yeah. A complete blackout field. And I like that they even like showed that the car died. Colson's hand wouldn't work. You know, yes, nothing. That was, that was cool. Because I've often wondered with stuff like that, like Ocean's Eleven, when they detonate the EMP, my first thought was, what about the pacemakers? You know? Yep. So I'm not, they didn't touch upon that in here, but I'd like to hope that those people still lived. Well, they're um, all dead. <laughs> but I mean, it was so big, like setting them off in those major cities, what, like nine or ten cities around the world? Pulsing EMP blasts, you know, a little reactor core that sends out wave after wave after wave, keeping everything locked down so that they could kill inhumans in the cover of darkness and peg it on other inhumans, say that, you know, oh, we inhumans are tired of you doing this, so stop registration. But it was wrapped up too quickly. Yeah, I thought it was as well. Um. Well, it was wrapped up too quickly because they brought back S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, I just mean, like, they figured out how to disarm the EMP blast. Oh, 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 okay. And then they're all like, right. let everybody know. And suddenly they're all offline. Oh, yes, yes, that part. Okay, yes, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. It just I get it. it felt like a big buildup and a really elaborate plan. And I mean, even then, their plan, it took two of their top agents, Mac and Colson, plus right. Yo-Yo running into the room during the strobes to disarm all the guys before they could get to the EMP core and deactivate it. Yep. And then they're like, oh, okay, mission solved. And then, yep, it's all solved. Everybody else, they all went offline. Everybody's fine. Yep. It just seemed kind of lame. 
what is it? Um, who, what other show does that? Wraps things up really, really fast. We both watch it. I know Arrow did last year with the nuclear weapons. Yes, yes, so quickly. But of course, that kind of mm. affected this week. Yeah, I liked how that happened. That's true. Yeah. So, um, um, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that. Oh, and then of course there was the subplot there where they killed May to reboot her. Yeah, that was different. Yeah. And of course, the power went out there right as they needed to defib her. Perfectly timed. Yep. <laughs> to heighten the drama. Yeah. But it worked, and she doesn't seem to have any memory of what's been going on the past couple days. So May is back. Indeed. Um. So, yeah. And then, of course, there was that creepy woman at the end who's talking to somebody on the phone about how, you know, well, at least we killed some Inhumans, and then she leaves the house that her brother lives in, and he's all encased in that rock, like, the Inhumans have been. Yeah, so obviously she's on a revenge. Yeah. You're not sure if he's dead or if he's in his chrysalis? Because usually it was like if somebody solidified like that, they'd either pop out as an Inhuman or they'd crumble to dust and be dead. But it looks like he's been there for a while. Yeah. Yes, it does. And it doesn't make sense as to why he hadn't emerged yet. Right. So, but I'm sure that'll all get explained down the line later. Absolutely. Uh, heck. All right. So, uh, advancing forward, <laughs> uh, the middle again, real quick. I mean, it was a good first episode for this season. Essentially, Frankie's having empty nest syndrome because her kids are getting older, moving out, moving on without her and everything. And she's freaking out about how things will never be the same again. So it was just a stereotypical empty nest syndrome type story, but told within the confines and with the characters of the cast of the middle. Gotcha. And it was good. Has Brooke started aging yet? Yes. Okay. Yes. He definitely looks older now. And he's in high school, and yes, he, he Holy looks... Holy God, that kid's in high school now? Yeah, well, on the show, yeah. Wow. So, or maybe he's just in middle school, actually. Actually, I think, yeah, he's just in middle school. He is that much younger than the others. Right. Weird. Yeah. Well, Brick is weird. He so, sure is. But anyways, it's just, it's just enjoyable half-hour show to throw on, essentially. Yeah, I was watching it for several seasons, and I just kind of like fell out of it, I guess. Yeah, like I haven't, I think you said they're up to season eight, so yep. I did not watch at all any of season six. Okay. And it didn't seem to affect me in any way. <laughs> but you watched season seven. Yeah, I just started watching it again. I didn't watch it for a couple of years, I think, actually. Interesting. Well, when I in 2012, when I had my little life event change there, I stopped watching a lot of shows because of for different reasons or whatever, and some I stuck with, some I struggled with, others I just said whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyhow, so um, this is us. Yeah. Okay, so after this episode, we still don't know what happened to Milo's character. Correct. And we don't know if he's dead, we don't know if he's alive, we don't know what's going on. We do know that Randall is not a fan of Mom's new husband. No. No, he in front of the girls, he calls him Grandpa. 
Yeah. Because that's how they know him. But he definitely calls him by his first name and seems very, like, put out. Like, oh, thanks for showing up without calling first. I mean for showing up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the whole backstory that they, they broke into this week of – of Randall's birth father yeah. and his and and his adopted mother and how they actually did meet up once before and and everything else. Like that all makes sense. Like that seems real to me. Like she was having a hard time bonding with him. She was having a hard time accepting him as her own. Mm-hmm. And I think after she met with him, spoke with him about it, and then it was just basically had a reassurance that you know, he wasn't coming back in his life and wasn't allowed to, and that this was his son now, her son now, and that she needed to move on and, and put that behind her, like that fear that he's going to come or try to take him and, you know, giving him his own name instead yep. of calling him Kyle. I thought that was, that was key. So it was, it was a really good episode. Good backstory. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Uh, I was worried at first when they were like, yeah, this is going to be Kevin and Kate and Kyle. I know. KKK, right? KKK. And nobody called them on it. They've got a little black baby. Nobody called them on it. Even the father. He's like, that's strong name, Kyle. Yeah. I'm I'm glad they went with Randall and the significance behind it, you know, from the book of poetry. Yep. it was fun to that little montage in the very beginning when we get to see his father, his downward spiral, basically. Yes. How he starts out with his writing and just how his writing deteriorates through the time and the bus. And, and then the last thing you see is him riding on the bus, holding the baby and everything. So, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, it was a really good backstory episode on Randall and his father and everything else on that aspect of things. Yeah. And uh, we also got to see that, Kevin and uh, Kevin and Kate broke up essentially. Yeah, they had a very weird, strong uh, uh, twin relationship. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say twin relationship. I was gonna say she uh, supports him, but it's to his detriment. So Almost codependent a, kind of thing. Co- yeah, yeah, codependency. Yes. And he even called her on it. You know, he's like, "You were about to get sex, and you picked up the phone. What is wrong with you? You're fired." Yeah. So that yep, was good. Exactly. I, I like her boyfriend, Kate's boyfriend. I do too. He's a genuine guy because yeah. he's not just like he's trying to help her out and he's trying to do stuff for her, but he's also a guy, you know? When she comes later and she's like, look, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, no, no. And then finally she holds up a condom and he's like, I accept your apology. <laughs> yeah. At the end then- of the day, he's a dude. <laughs> yeah. And then Kevin takes off basically in, in the middle of the night so that the way he – he can leave Katie to her own life. Yep. But I wonder if he's just going to show up and, and uh, you know, uninvited to Randall's. Right. Yeah, if he's going to impose himself there, and then Randall's going to have to be like, oh, and this is my biological father, and then they'll get into that, because they've never yeah. had a strong... I don't think that he will. I think that he'll stop in to visit him, but I don't think that he's going to want to crash there. Without calling first, because they, they've made it a point to show that they had a strained relationship as kids, and it doesn't seem to have gotten a lot better as adults. But ultimately, in the end, though, they did band together, kind of, yeah. on that phone call, so. Yeah. But yes, they definitely had a strained, strained relationship. 
Still a great show. Uh, I still, still like really that. It. So what are you going to do? I'm going to put a smile on my face. I'm going to walk in there and ask my mom if I can talk to her in private, and then I'm going to devastate her over the worst news she's ever expected in life. <laughs> Puts on a big smile. Says, hey, hey, mom, can, can I talk to you in private? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like how that was done. Absolutely. I like how that was done. So Loved it. Yeah, great show. We'll be watching that one still. Uh-huh. Down the line, down the line. <laughs> um, Flash? What, why'd you say it like that? Oh, you want to talk about Flash? Oh, yeah. It, it sounded like you were questioning, like, oh. So this was an episode, and I think this is the one I was thinking of earlier when I said this, where at the beginning of the episode, we, we are greeted with a obstacle of Cisco's sad and 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 girl doesn't talk to Joe. I can't think of her name. Iris. Uh, Iris isn't talking to her dad. And on and on and on. And then we get like most of the episode of Barry just kind of pretending to not understand anything, or not wanting to tell anything. And then even talking to uh, Overwatch about it. I can't think of her name. I'm doing horrible Felicity. right now. Felicity. Jesus Christ. <laughs> even talking to Felicity about it, and on and on and on. And then ultimately he explains the truth, and they all forgive him, and now they all live happily ever after again. To an extent. It, it was a much longer road, I felt. But they did it all in one episode. They did. They did. Um, and I do dock them points for that. But I also give them credit for showing that there is more fallout from Flashpoint than we expected. Right. Like, uh, Claris knows about the timeline changes. Yeah. Alchemy. As does Dr. Alchemy. Well, and, and Dr. Alchemy to me, sounds like Jigsaw from the Saw movies. He does kind of, doesn't he? That's immediately what came to mind when I heard him talking. I'm like, oh, it's, it's Jigsaw. Yeah. So, um, I liked Wesley, uh, uh, John Wesley's shit being on this episode and laying down some tough love on Barry. <laughs> Grabbing him right out of the time stream. He's like, I've that been keeping funny. an eye because I knew you were going to do it again. Yeah, that was pretty fantastic. When yeah. Barry decided to go back to change things, I'm like, oh, my God, don't do this. Yep. So I'm glad that scene happened. And, and he did a good job of explaining it with the broken coffee cup. Yeah, you know, it, was like it, might, it made perfect sense. Yeah, it might look like everything's back together, but it'll never be the same. Yeah, which is 100% true when you break anything glass or ceramic. You just can't glue it back together. Right. Not a finger. <laughs> Thanks for laughing on that one. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was another great episode. Um, I thought that I had a lot of notes on this. If he's sticking with this, there is one repercussion for Arrow and that's that Diggle's baby is now a boy named John. Yes. So I wonder if we're going to see that on Arrow. We need to. Yeah. We would have to have confirmation that it's no longer baby Sarah. It's baby John. And that could be very interesting. Yeah, well, but but no one knows the difference but him, though. Right. And and John's not really a baby either. No, no, no. Yeah, no, baby Diggle is like, like a toddler. Yeah, like three. Yeah. So. Um, it, it's funny that we got another show this week, this one, next to Timeless, where – one of the characters, Cisco, lost his brother and wanted Barry to go back in time to save him. And Barry yep. wouldn't do it. That was their whole crux, you know, Big their whole fight problem. argument thing. Yep. 
But one thing that I really like about this reset from Flashpoint is that Cisco has fully embraced his vibe powers. Yes, he has. Well, he he has, but he doesn't want to use them. Right. But he's much stronger in this one than he was last time. Remember yes. when, when we saw Vibe? And, yes. Uh, absolutely. Know. So, yeah. And then, of course, we see at the end that Caitlin has her frost <laughs> powers. Yeah. And she looks like she's very upset about it. Yeah. Like she doesn't like them and she keeps them a secret. Right. I was not a fan of the stupid gag of him running back and forth between Joe and Iris to yeah, trick them into dumb. coming to the house. Yeah, that was dumb. It even had like 80s sitcom music going on in the background. Yeah. And I don't like the new uh, CSI tech. I think that the CSI tech is going to turn out to be Dr. Alchemy. Oh, you think so? I think so. In the comics, Dr. Alchemy had multiple personalities, and I think this is going to be the hook. Think of, well, think about how we got introduced to Harrison Wells in the first season. He turned out to be the villain. In the second yeah. season, we got, quote-unquote, Jay Garrick. He turned out to be the villain. This guy's presenting as a dick from the beginning, so why not just make him the villain? Well, then that's the case. He won't be the villain. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like another speedster. Like, yeah, he'll end up being one. another speedster, yeah. Um, There was uh, – I'm just looking at my notes here. Duh, duh, duh. It was interesting that John Wesley Ship took him to what we would assume is Earth 3, but it was 1998. Yeah. Wasn't that around the time that we had the Flash TV series, or was it earlier than that? The Flash TV series was earlier than that. I want okay. to say that was like 94, 95. Okay. And, yeah. and he cleared up for us that, yes, I know that I'm the doppelganger of your father, and yep. I'm cool with that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, when they bring back. It was the bringing back Wells next week. It seems like right. Um, yeah, and Jesse Quick, she's an actual speedster when she comes back. It looks like yes. So that's kind of cool. And then I would assume eventually we'll get Kid Flash when he realizes his. Uh, yeah, powers. they they did that lame thing. The one lame thing that they could have done, which was they all decided they didn't want to know what was different from the other timeline. Well, it's just going to come up. You know, later on, Barry's going to be doing something. He's going to be like, oh, well, in the other timeline, you did this. Oh, really? Maybe I do want to know. Just lay it out. Just tell them who they were, what was going on, etc. I don't know. And, okay, so Claris is in his cell at the end, and he hears Dr. Alchemy tell him that he failed. And he's like, just give me another chance. And then... It looked like a robotic metallic arm grabbed him. It did look like that. Yes, I agree. I don't know that that was Dr. Alchemy or was it someone else? And if so, who? Because it was someone who just appeared in his cell. It's a fair question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who, but that kind of makes sense. Dr. Alchemy makes sense. Yeah. All right. I, I could go with that. All right. We'll, we'll go with that for now until we're proven differently. So uh, did you watch Channel Zero? Oh, no. That started this week? Yeah, it did. Crap. No, I did right. not. 
I'm going to hold off then. I just will say this. Yeah. I didn't really read much up on it prior to, and I guess I didn't listen to you well enough. I don't know. But I thought it was going to be a Twilight Zone-style anthology series where each episode was going to be a standalone story, and that's that not the case. That was the impression case. I got as well. I'm okay then, so I did hear you correctly. No, yeah. this is an anthology series in the vein of American Horror Story where these first six episodes is going to be one story. Okay. One continuing story. And then the second six episodes, which aren't coming on until fall of 2017, are another six-episode consecutive story. So they're trying to cash in on the American Horror Story thing. Yeah, basically. Hmm. And after watching this first episode, I don't know if I care to watch anymore. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but go ahead and watch it. Okay. Uh, I'll watch it and let you know. Okay. I did not watch Superstore. No? No. Just it, didn't get around to it. It was hilarious. Was it really? It was so funny. Huh. Like, I, I won't even tell you everything that happened, but I will say that we open up on their mascot, Kyle the Cloud, and he's a guy you'd look at him and go, oh, I know that guy. I recognize him from some things. He's one of those guys. And he's, you know, doing a commercial, and he's like, oh, look at how the savings are. And he's, like, raining coupons and stuff, and then it freeze frames on him, and they're like, yes, uh, he killed 14 people, chopped them up, ate their remains, froze their body parts, and, you know, so it's this giant scandal for Superstore. Awesome. Uh, and from there on, the rest of the episode deals with that and some other things. Like there's a dare war going on between Jonah and Amy, and it's just as fun as you think it would be. You know, one of them will dare the other one to do different things, and they have to do it. So that is dude, a dare war. It's it was a great episode. It was just so much fun. Oh, see now I kind of wish I had made a point to watch it. Well, you'll be able to. I'm sure that it's on Hulu. It is. It's on the Hulu. I'll watch it still. I'm not yeah. worried about missing it out on it. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's it's weird. It's like um, Amy, right? Yep. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, America for our whatever. She's, she's, her character's married. And yeah. so the sexual tension between the two, it's almost kind of like, oh, this is a waste of time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Except her husband is kind of a douche. Yep. Yep. And I love the fact that every week she has a different name tag on because she never wants people that, that come into shop there to know what her real name is. When I was working at Movie Gallery one time, I put, no, not Movie Gallery. Um, yeah, Movie Gallery and Burger King on the interstate. I made a Habib name tag. Mm -hmm. I remember while. that. And I forgot about it one time. And the district manager came in. And he just kind of looks and goes, I don't believe that's your name. And I looked down <laughs> and went, oh, you're, you are correct. <laughs> Somewhere kicking around, I still have my movie gallery tag that says Randall, Master of My Own Destiny. I still have uh, – I actually still have a uh, – I have my movie gallery name tag, and I have my uh, Burger King one as well. Excellent. Why? Because why not? It's memories. Memories. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so what else you got? Well, um – did you watch uh, Lethal Weapon? Yeah. I, that's a show that I don't need to focus as strongly on as yep. other shows, but I enjoy it. It's it is, fun. It is Aaron. It is Aaron Bell's favorite new show this season. <laughs> it's so much fun. Like, whoever it was that said they couldn't watch it because it's not Lethal Weapon, the movies, 
That's, Tim, that's Aaron. Oh, okay. I was going to say, he's missing yeah, no. out if he's not watching. No, because he's not. He hates this show with so much passion. <laughs> it's so enjoyable. Like the opening scene where the kid comes in with the bootleg DVDs and he's like, Surf Ninjas, Soul Plane, I'd arrest you on bad movie taste. Loved it. Loved the, you're a stick have, of, you're a stick of dynamite with a mustache. It's like, have, why is the mustache have, so specific? We had the first bit of, um, tension between the two. Yes. Yes. Like real tension. But of course, by the end of it, he's like family. <laughs> because they're going to couples counseling. Yeah. And messing with, uh, not Pageant Brewster. What's her name? Jordana Brewster. Which, I didn't buy for a second that she was surfing in that outfit. No, me either. I liked I liked how they called him a sand hobo. Yeah. They're just coming up with some really great names on this one. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was um it was a better episode. Um The the crime was very believable. Yeah, it was. The valets who oh, gazed valets. by the car. Exactly. That makes perfect sense actually. Yeah. That's like, going to oh, happen now. These people must be rich, so we'll send our crew over there. Although they never really explained how they got around the security systems. Because if they were rich, you'd think they'd have security systems. And these people were just like, let's go walk into their house and rob everything and take our time. That's true. I didn't consider that. I especially noticed it at the end when there's like three or four of them clomping around in there. And then the two rich people get home and they're like, oh, good thing we Ubered home because, you know, we're too drunk. But they never went to turn off their keypad alarm, and these guys were obviously having a grand old time in their house. Seemed odd. That that area of the world. Yeah, I mean, um, one thing I didn't like that happened was mm-hmm. the um, the vehicle stop. Oh, yeah. Where he was just like, oh, my son's a detective. My, I'm sorry, my dad's a detective. Here's his card with his, with his badge number and da-da-da-da-da. And then afterwards... I didn't like how they were feeding into the stereotype of if a black person gets pulled over, they're in trouble because how his friend was just freaking out like crazy. Right, right. Don't make any moves. Keep your hands where they can see them. Exactly. And then like how Murtaugh – and I don't want to get political about this, but this all falls into the Black Lives Matters crap that I don't want to get into. But anyways, and then how Murtaugh was just like – Oh, you know, my son got pulled over by a uniformed white police officer. Do you know how dangerous that is? And it's just like, don't don't do that. This is supposed to be a TV show, right? A comedy, action comedy. You know, not it's it's not a political statement show, right? I get that. I did not like that. But otherwise, I thought it was a good episode. Yep. Yeah, I had fun with it. I like the old barbershop aspect of it. And again, and again, the, uh, the captain being there just enough to be humorous, you know, how Murtaugh put on a fresh shirt and he's like, where'd you get that? Oh, I keep shirts at the office. He's like, you keep shirts at the office? Yeah, I keep shirts. Captain, everybody keeps shirts at the office. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you have a press shirt. Just, I have five outfits here. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the show itself. Um, SBU, like I said earlier, just sort of a formulaic episode. It's a bipolar potential Olympian working as a hooker for the thrill of it all. Uh, because if she's not getting treated for bipolarness until the end, and uh, she gets raped, and we learn that no means no. It 
it sounds like they're at a point now where they have dartboards set up, kind of like those Facebook quizzes that you see where they're like, you know, <laughs> the first letter of your last name is the uh, way that you'll be dressed up when you die, and the yeah. first letter of your middle name is what will kill you. It sounds like they're doing that, like, okay, what kind of disorder will be this way? Okay, uh, PTSD, and uh, what's going to get them into trouble? Nanny, and uh, it's kind of crazy. That probably is actually what's happening in the writer's room. (laughs) After 18 seasons, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, there's only so many times you can mix up the same elements and come out with something original. Oh, exactly. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, uh, designated survivor. Yeah, you're you're done with this, aren't you? Uh, pretty much, dude. <laughs> I mean, I thought this was interesting at first, but now it's nothing more than a political move after political move game of one-upsmanship. This is pretty much all about I like Keith Sutherland, I like his character, I like Cal Penn in the show. But basically, yeah, it's just this is nothing but one big political move of game of one-upsmanship after the other. And I just, I, 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 yeah. It's not your cup of tea. There's just not enough backstory going on to keep me enthralled. Right. I mean, like, I haven't watched any more Blind Spot. I've gotten over that. I haven't watched any more Lucifer. I'm cool with that. Um, I, I, I might watch another episode of this. I don't know, but all signs point to I'm done. I love it. I'm still loving it. it it gives me chills that normal shows don't because of how real it is. You know, what you were just saying about how with Lethal Weapon, you don't want realism in there. You know, you don't want the Black Lives Matter or anything political and, and recent. This show does that. I expect it, and it does it, and I'm really, really liking it. It keeps me on the edge of my seat. Um, and like I said, I'm not a big political person, but I do know enough about it, and I've enjoyed different shows that have a political bent that I really am digging this. I'm digging the way that they got it set up. I mean, for me, it was thrilling this week to see that, you know, Michigan was basically seceding is effectively what it was. They were seceding. They were putting in their own laws into place and saying, right. we don't recognize the federal government. So they yeah. pulled the, See, I, I just took that as who's, who's Johnson's bigger. <laughs> That, legit, like it, that's all that looked at, like to me, like that's how I, I that played off to me, you know. And I'm it's just like, legit, whatever. But the president that it could win. happen, you know, it wasn't too many years ago that there was legitimate talk on the table about Texas seceding from the union, you know, and that they could legitimately do it. Um, so it, it's all fun and games until you go, whoa, this could actually happen. You know, we could see something like this happen, and how messed up would that be? You know, the, the militarized the National Guard there, and the National Guard's like, nope, we're siding with the police. Holy God. You know, you've got a state that effectively is now separated itself from the rest of the United States, and then what happens? Do the rest of them start going? Right, and I understand the domino effect that they're looking at that, and, and I, I mean, I get that. And I'm not but, trying to sell you on I'm not saying you oh, should no, like this show. No. I'm just saying I what just, I liked about it. Right, right. I just, no. 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 Uh, let's see. Yeah, I call me that guy, but uh, like a war movie, I don't want to go watch a war movie. 
I don't like war movies. I don't like sports. But this kind of stuff I do like. So this was right up my alley. You know, watching the press secretary flounder and flail and, you know, couldn't even get a word out. He's like messing up everything. He's answering the wrong questions. And uh, then to see Cal Penn just like step in and be like, no, here's what's going to happen. Here's this and here's this. That was cool for me. You know, that was entertaining television. So I mean, I, I, I actually did like that part. Yeah. I like that. I like the mystery, you know, with uh, Maggie Q's character and how she, like, wanted to transfer herself off because she thinks that she's compromising investigations. And That's the only part of the show I really like. Like, I want to know that part of it. I want to know the investigation behind the attack and this and that and everything. I don't want to deal with the political other side of it all. Gotcha. Yeah, so. Well, you'll get my updates then. Yep. <laughs> Good. Because you won't Excellent. be watching it, but. I'm still going to, because I'm really digging it, really thinking it's a good show. So, um, speaking of Brewsters, mm -hmm. Paget Brewsters back on Criminal Minds. And the world rejoiced. Yay. Because Hodgner is on special assignment, a.k.a. he got fired. <laughs> yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you about that. Do you think that they're going to kill him, or do you think that they're going to transfer him, like, behind the scenes? Um... I feel like they're going to just transfer him behind the scenes. I agree because I think that if they killed him, it would be too noble of a thing. They'd have to do like these episodes dedicated to him and have the funeral and everybody be remorseful. Right. And that's Unless they, you know, a couple seasons down the line want to use it as just a, a throwaway storyline for uh, like they did Manny Pacquiao's <sighs> character. Yep. Yeah, we saw <laughs> how they treated nerve. him. So there's, there's that nerve. Yep. Um, but no, again, it was an okay episode. You know, the new guy brought stuff to the table. And we learned that his um, mystery woman is actually a dog. A dog, yeah. So the new guy brought stuff to the table, and he's part of the team, but not really part of the team. And, yeah. So. Yeah, pretty much. I I did watch... The two episodes of American Horror Story I hadn't watched yet. How'd that work out for you? I watched four and five. And I must say, in both of these episodes, a tremendous amount of stuff happened, especially in episode four. In episode four, we had two very long, um, not collage, but video package type um explanations of things from two different characters uh, at the beginning Elias who is the expert that owned the land before it was foreclosed on uh, he to Matt and Shelby he explains all the evil spirits the fact they can only kill in a six day cycle otherwise they're just a nuisance who they've killed in the past all the previous owners that they've killed the deal like we kind of knew the deal the butcher made but he goes into great detail about that i mean he goes on and on and on and on about it and the fact that that their niece who's been abducted he thinks he knows where she is so he goes to this place where all these people that have been killed by the butcher and her old old timey towns folks are there and she um he gets three arrows in him, and they and they flee, and they don't end up getting her at that point. And then later on, the psychic that had come a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was episode three, who had come and then was like, "Oh, for five thousand dollars, I'll I'll you know do this," and they were like, "Hit the bricks." Uh, anyways, he shows back up, 
And then he goes out and then he has an interaction with the butcher and talks to her about stuff. And, um, you know, essentially delivers her message and her warning. And he does a big, long explanation as far as, uh, you know, who the witch is and what happened and, you know, how the witch, you know, there's this witch in the woods that's who the butcher, you know, gave her soul to or whatever so that she would forever be uh, entrenched in the land and how the butcher basically poisoned and then killed everybody in the colony and on and on and on and on. And they, uh, they the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice they made to this witch, which ingrained them into that land. And that's why they're there all the time and blah, 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 blah. And so, Yeah. I mean, so much happened in episode four, so much like explanation and backstory. And then in episode five, sorry, episode four ends with Matt and Matt and Flora. And they have, sorry, Matt and Shelby get Flora back, which is the niece, because the butcher and the rest of the colonists show up and they have her and they have the psychic and they end up uh, disemboweling the psychic in front of them and killing them. But there's this little girl that helps the niece escape and they grab her and run back in the house. Now they've barricaded themselves in the house. And that's how the episode four ends. Episode five opens up with this historian talking about the Shaker mansion, that the, the, the house in question, and that the original home owner who built it is Edward Mott. And Edward Mott is a, not a descendant because that means he's younger, but he's like, um, Oh, the character Dandy Mott from American Horror Story Freak Show is a descendant of this Edward Mott. So they've connected the two shows in that aspect. And essentially what it is is he built this huge mansion mansion for his paintings. And on the third night he was there, he is violently killed by the butcher and the colonists. And he eventually um, – yeah, sorry. He was impaled and then burnt alive. So he was killed very violently. And then um, he's basically been stuck on the land as well. Well, he decides to help Matt and Shelby and Flora flee through these underground tunnels that he had built uh, for the safekeeping of his paintings. And so he takes them through one and he gets about a mile down the way and they come out on the land and then he leaves them. And then the the three hillbillies from the first episode – capture them and apparently they like to kill and cannibalize people and they actually have Elias but they've struck a deal with the butcher their descendants struck a deal with the butcher years ago where they will supply fresh people for blood sacrificing on these days uh, as long as they leave them alone and so yeah I mean it there was a ton a ton a ton of stuff and essentially you make you feel like you get closure because the butcher tries to kill them because they get delivered back to the butcher and the butcher tries to kill them and then they escape and then Lee shows up uh, and and Flora's mom and with the car and then they all end up escaping and it ends with them in the hotel room and you think, oh, okay, it's over. They've escaped. They're alive. It's done. Um, but it's only been five episodes. Episode six, the preview is a guy – and he's saying, don't shut the camera off no matter what. And they're like heading into this office building. And it's literally like a short 15-second promo. And all the news I read online about it is that the format that we've known for the first five, five episodes is now going to change in episode six. So instead of the sitting down, talking interviews or dramatic reenactments, now we're looking at, okay, this is the uh, documentary crew that's filming this. 
And the other rumor is, is that Matt and Shelby and Lee lied and made it all up because there was multiple elements in the first five episodes from the hauntings of the people, if you will, that, uh, that were stolen blatantly from other horror movies. And if you go online, you can find it. I saw it on Facebook. I think I got linked to it on Facebook where they do the side-by-side comparisons to the character in this, to a character in the movie and a character in this, to a character in the movie. I think they had like 10 examples of it, which is that's where the rumor comes from that they've made it up and they've stolen elements from horror movies to explain their own story. But why they made it up, we don't know. So, Looks like there's a big, huge twist in episode six, and I will watch episode six and see where it goes from there. It's funny. In all of that talking and all of that description and all of that that you just gave me, yeah, you never once said if you liked it or not. In fact, even at the end there, you said, this is what's happening in episode six, so I will watch it. But you never said, I'm excited to watch it. You never said, I liked this or it was fun. You were just like, you know, here's what, what happened. I, I, you know what it is? I watched these two episodes because I saw the preview for episode six. And I was like, oh, so they're going in a different direction. And I I felt like where I really enjoyed seasons one and two. I couldn't get into three because of the topic. I really enjoyed four and five. And so I didn't want to miss out on this season because – and I was kind of like disappointed where it was going. And then where I see they're doing this huge twist in this thing, it's like, well, I don't want to miss out on something good. Gotcha. So you're so basically – at this point, you're watching it out of obligation. You're Kinda, hoping yeah, it turns like, around. I, I, yes. I'm watching it in hopes that, okay, I think this is going to get better. So I watched I watched four and five, and four did have a tremendous, tremendous amount of information packed into that episode. And then your episode five, like I said, it, it reconned it to uh, excuse me to episode uh, to the freak show season. So um, I don't know, like I said, yeah, I'm I'm kind of watching it out of like, all right, well, I don't want to miss out if it's if it's exciting and fun. I feel like uh, there should be a rocket going off and Steven Tyler should be singing, and I don't want to miss a thing. No, I don't like that song. Oh, I hate it, but that's the first thing that popped into my head when you said you're watching it so that you don't miss anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to feel – I want to be left out in the cold. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that. Personally, I'm fine with being left out in the cold on that one, but – Well, you can just hear about it as I watch it. Yeah. And when it does go downhill and it's the drizzling, then you'll be like, oh, I'm glad I didn't waste my time. Right. Uh, what's up next on the format, sir? Uh, you tell me. Arrow. 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 So, uh, you know, a little, little rough start to the, to the team coming together, huh? Jesus. Could, could we get. A season of Arrow that doesn't have to deal with everybody dumping emotional baggage and saying, you know, nah, we need to trust one another. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Yes, we do. I really like when, when Oliver's big, tough, badass guy, get on the line and all yeah. that. And then, <laughs> and then Felicity's just like, I need to talk to him. He's like, hold on, guys. Yeah. Hey, what's up? What's up, what's up boss? I still like you. Yep. Um... But, um, I don't know. That's pretty much the episode. It, it, 
See, here's the thing. We see through the flashbacks that he's training them the way that he was inducted into that group, you know, Bratva or whatever. And they kept telling them to ring the bell and ring the bell. And it wasn't until he finally realized, hey, we should all work together and team up and, and overwhelm them at once, and then we can ring the bell. So he manages to ring the bell, and his teammates got shot and killed. Yeah, they all got killed. So yep. he's using the same lesson. Why would he think that it would work the same way? Why wouldn't he say, you need to ring the bell, what are you missing? You know, even John Kreese was a better instructor than Oliver Queen. John Kreese at least told them, you know, a man meets you on the street, that man is the enemy, and the enemy deserves no mercy. But Oliver can't even tell them, why isn't That's this working? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why isn't this working? Why are you failing? I'll tell you why you're failing. You're not working together. You're each trying to be individuals. You need to be part of a team. Them to learn it for themselves. And look what happened when he learned it for himself. The other three people got shot. Yep. He's I'm obviously stupid. And I don't like that about this Oliver, is that this Oliver never seems to learn a lesson Oliver Queen is a clever guy. He's a smart guy. He came up with all these trap arrows, and he's he's quick-witted and charming. This version of Arrow is kind of a thug. Then why do we watch it? Because it's part of the block. It's part of the CW block, and it ties into the other shows. Do you feel like you have to watch these shows in order of which they air? Yep. Yeah, like I have to watch Supergirl if I'm going to watch Flash and Arrow this week. Yeah, because yeah. they uh, they already established that last season when they did the crossovers, and they were you know one day after the other. You know what my biggest gripe about comic books is? Sure. My biggest gripe about comic books is um, when I'm reading an episode of, of of Superman episode, an issue of Superman, and it gets over, and it's like to see what happens next. Pick up Action Comics number seventy five, and I'm like, I don't want to buy Action Comics. I just, I just want to buy Superman. I don't want to buy 10 comics to read one story. <laughs> but, and that's exactly what they're doing here. Yep. And that also and, leads to the problem with the uh, dissonance between the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Marvel TV Universe. That's why you don't see crossovers between the movies and the TV shows as much because they say, oh, well, we don't want people to have had to have watched all of Daredevil in order to understand why we put him in, say, Civil War. Right. And unfortunately, that's the negative aspect. of it. I get what you're saying. I totally do. You know, yeah. Arrow pisses me off and some days I wish I didn't have to watch it. But on the flip side of it, you've got the argument that, well... This is how they do it. And if you want good, strong continuity between shows in a universe, you have to kind of put up with it. But it's amazing to me how it was. That was the first – Arrow was the first the uh, the first show in the series, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it's the one that I now like the least. It's like this is the show that got it all started, and it's the one I like the least. Yep. But it wasn't a sudden change. It was a very gradual downhill slope. Like the first yeah. season was really good. The second season is when it started going downhill, not just in tone, but in the fact that we were watching Flash and saying, boy, this is really good. Why can't Arrow be more like this? I know. It, it used to be that all the crossovers were centered around Arrowverse. Yeah. And now I feel like the crossovers are centered around Flashverse. Which I have no problem with. I have no problem with whatsoever, yeah. Um. But yeah, we at least got Ragman in this one, and he's going to be a good guy, which is cool. Yeah, I like that. I thought for sure this was just going to be a villain of the week. Yep. Because um, that's how they present most of these characters, and then I like it that they mixed it up, and it's uh, it's not. Yep. 
It I like a... that he, uh, and I like his backstory because that's where, you know, it comes back to the uh, the atomic bomb going off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the only survivor from that horrible, horrible ordeal. Because his dad wrapped him in those rags and said that they were ancient and they would protect him. They did their jobs, <laughs> and he's a really cool character using those things, like yep. part Dark Man, part Batman. Darkman doesn't get enough credit for how good of a <sighs> that really was. Don't even get me started. I won't. But it doesn't. <laughs> um. It, then we had the whole subplot of you know Amertech is going to help them put their free clinic up so that they can get some good press. But then the Amertech execs are getting attacked, so they're like, "No, we're not going to do that." But instead, we'll come over here and we'll sell to church. Well, that and that was the other thing too. Is like Amertech. That was, you know, that ended exactly how I thought the Lena Luthor storyline, uh, Lena Luthor storyline, yeah. you know, where it's revealed that she's the CEO of the company, if you will, is a, is a bad lady. Right. So. Um, Diggles going through his own thing in the war where he's getting framed by his commanding officer. That just seems for stupid. Yeah, it really seems tacked on there. Like, if Diggles going to go away to war, leave him out of the show. We haven't seen Lila. Yeah. You know, no, she's off doing her Argus thing. That's fine. We don't need to see Diggle. Leave him out. We haven't seen Roy. We don't know what's going on yeah. with him. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, know. I, I don't like that either. I think no, I think they would have been better off if they had just left him out. Yep. Agreed. And uh, And then at the end, we saw the Dark Archer just mess Church and his men up. I mean Prometheus? Yeah, we we finally find out he calls himself Prometheus. Yeah. And uh, he basically said... I'm going to kill to Aaron Marcel. Yeah. yeah. That's that's for me. Yep. Yeah. I just – all I could think of was no one makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of for some reason when I when he was talking. How great was Dodgeball? Yeah. That was good stuff right there. Oh, Jason Bateman as the, like, the really douchebag uh, uh, commentator. <laughs> yeah. Cotton needs a new pair of shorts. Yeah, just saying catchphrases, basically. Yep. Anyhow. But yeah, so Arrow was Arrow this week. Yep. Um, And then Frequency. That's my last thing on Wednesday. Okay. Wednesday's a big night of TV. Yeah. Yeah, I've got even more. But yeah, uh, Frequency. Did you watch it? I did. What'd you think? Uh, I, I had worried during the first episode that they had kind of condensed down the whole story of the movie. And I was wondering how they were going to stretch it out. They're doing an okay job. Well, so far, I mean, I had the same concerns you did. Mm-hmm. Same thoughts, same concerns. Um, Cause the movie was good, but of course it's just a movie. It's not a whole season of television. Right. And now I feel like that they're going to end up solving all these other crimes, trying to solve this one crime. So, um, but I, I enjoyed this episode. I liked the side by side part, like not filmed side by side, but when things were happening in the past at the same time, they were uncovering things in the future. Yeah. I really liked that aspect of it. Uh, it really, it looks to me like they found the Nightingale killer. Yes. But they just didn't quite finish him off basically. 
you know, and we could see yeah. how things change. So basically they went out there because the daughter sent them out there. They had never done that in the past. So because they were there and they interrupted this guy as he was putting the hatch on his little prison torture pit, yeah. he never locked it. Now in, in the original timeline, he got to lock it. So she never escaped. But now since he didn't get the lock on there, she escaped. So now there's a woman out there who can tie it back to him. Well, but can she? Because she hasn't come forward. Right. And maybe she's just hiding. Maybe she's always been worried. Because remember, he disappears after that. You know, he attacked. But we still didn't know at the end of that episode, or maybe I missed it, that her mom's alive again. No, she's not. Yeah, so the Nightingale's still out there. Right, but the thing is, like, in the future, in the original future, she went to that guy's house where he oh, grew he up. Moved. Yes. Yeah, and now he's moved years ago. So basically when his mom discovered he had a torture pit and that he had gotten clocked on the head, she was like, we got to move. Yeah. It's not safe here. So he probably just practiced. Because remember they said, too, that the early Nightingale victims, the, the girl that they suggest they thought could have been, yeah. was from New Jersey. and. That's when he was practicing, and then when he got comfortable, he moved to New York. And not, not for nothing, I'd do anything for my kids, anything at all. But if I found out that one of them was a sociopathic murderer, I would not help them cover it up. I I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's probably a good call. Draw the line there on covering up. You see that crimes. in a lot of TV shows. And and I get that the instinct is to protect yeah. the kid. You don't want them to go to jail because you know. do anything to protect your kid. No, no, I I don't commit a felony. Uh, yeah, and what about nature? everybody else's kid? Yeah, exactly, because oh, I'm going to cover up my son's violent crimes so he can continue murdering other people. <laughs> seems rather irresponsible of me. Yeah, an accessory after the fact. But it's nice to see, again, another show where there are subtle changes to the timeline, so we're getting to see it. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying – I mean, yeah, there is a lot of time shows, it seems like. Mm -hmm. uh, the daughter, the, the cop there, Raimi, yeah. she could have a bit of an attitude adjustment, I think. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand. You know, uh, <clears throat> She was very angry as a child because her father was a crooked cop and on and on. But shouldn't she have the new memories of all the stuff they did together and not be such a dick to him on the phone? She does have the new memories, but yeah, like why didn't she? I kind of get what she was saying. She's like, I, we can't tell mom because then it could change things too much. You know, she might die tomorrow instead of in a couple of years. Yeah. But, but it would have kept her father from being kicked out of the house. And if he's getting yep. kicked out of the house, what's he going to do with the ham radio? Is he going to sneak back over there every now and then? Well, if you remember in the first episode, he was in an apartment with the ham radio talking to her the first time. He wasn't uh, at the house. Gotcha. Yeah, they're not doing the whole Aurora Borealis connection thing. They're right. just kind of saying it's happening. Yep. It's magic. Yep. Um, and then he's also dealing with the fact that the three other guys on the sting with him are all saying, no, that never happened. Yeah. Right. So he knows these guys are bad and crooked and he's got to deal with that and try and keep himself alive. Although as he knows right now, he'll, he'll live several, many more years till a car accident. Well, essentially what they did was, is they said, um, they, they killed the only guy that could corroborate his story uh -huh. and basically said like, you know what? You just go ahead and take whatever gig you want. You'll be, you'll be fine. Yeah. 
they essentially said we're gonna we're moving on yep. from from you. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> it was. Uh, and I also found it interesting that uh, the time frame for her mom getting killed, mom's going to be killed eleven weeks from now, probably lines up with how the show is going to play out. You know, so eleven yeah. weeks of the show. I I doubt that they're going to count like the weeks of um, hiatus, Christmas, hiatus, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but probably yeah. eleven episodes of well, the show. Well, that makes sense because killed. eleven weeks from now puts it out as being thirteen episodes, and that's mm-hmm. an average, you know, half season now for a lot of new shows. Yeah, that could be that. I didn't look to see how many. I mean, I, I didn't look to see how many uh, episodes this season was. I don't know that they got is. a full order yet. Yeah, so that's why thirteen makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll so agree with that. Wishful thinking on their part. <laughs> it's going to make it that long. Yeah. <clears throat> so what else did you have from uh, uh, this the new episode of South Park was on Wednesday. Okay. They're, uh, they're continuing with the story of the trolling and uh, this time. So if you remember correctly, then the last time all the girls went nuclear and decided to break up with the boys because they were going to punish them because they were convinced that Cartman was the troll, Skank Hunt 42, and so they decided that since the boys couldn't control him, then all boys had to be punished. So this time, Butters decides, Butters of all people, decides that he's had enough of being victimized or blamed because of the actions of a few others. That he's sick and tired, that just because he's a boy, he gets blamed for the stuff that all these girls are saying. So he decides that he's going to stand up and be proud that he is a guy. So during the, uh, the national anthem, when they, they, they tell you, you know, sit, stand or kneel, he drops his trousers, lifts up his shirt and pumps his fist in the air and creates the wieners out movement. Oh God. Yeah. So, and the boys march through the school with their pants down around their ankles and their wieners out to say... It was only a matter of time before this happened. Yeah. They're basically saying, you know, you can't say that all boys are evil just because one of them is bad and it wasn't even him. Um, So, that's kind of funny. Yeah. They also, they had done this a couple episodes back where they showed that Gerald was trolling all those people online, but then yeah. in his normal life, he was like dancing through town and like somebody cut him off in a car and he's like, oh, that's okay. Like he was a genuinely very pleasant person and you thought that it was supposed to draw the comparison that, you know, even the nicest person could be a troll online. But now that he has given up because he he enacted... um code zero and basically destroyed all of his computers because they were going to try to track him down. Um, he now is a douche in town again. You know, somebody cuts him off and he's like, ah, F you, you blah, blah, blah. And he's mad at everybody and mean and angry. So they're kind of saying, well, maybe that was his outlet. You know, maybe people would be nicer if they could go online and be trolls and be mean. I don't agree with that com- at all, but it seems to be the direction that they're going in with that. And, uh, yeah, other than that, the uh, basically the government of Denmark is creating a massive search engine called trolltrace.com and it will I hate allow <laughs> it will allow you to take any comment that uh, that was issued by a troll and backtrace it and find their IP address, their physical address and their name so that you can call them out on it. 
And then, of course, somebody brings up, well, wait a minute, then why couldn't you just do that to anybody? You could trace anybody and find out who they are, you know, if they made a regular comment. And they're like, uh, no, we're going to tell people they can only use it for trolls. So that's, of course, going to be interesting. <clears throat> and, yeah. Cool. Still good stuff. Still enjoying it. Cool. 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 That and um, How to Get Away with Murder was... It was a typical episode. It, it was good. Um, not really a lot to say about it. I'm enjoying the story, but it's uh, it was a little bit rough this week. Uh, basically, this kid was caught using fraudulent credit cards, and it turned out that he used the credit cards because he had a girlfriend who was going to have a baby, so he used the credit cards to get stuff for the baby. But then it turns out that the girlfriend was actually the teacher at his school, and since he had been abused as a child, and they said that she took advantage of his fragile state, and, you know, having sex with him couldn't have been consensual, so she's now going to jail. And the boy was quite upset about it. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Well, uh, so um, Supernatural's back. Yeah. I know you don't watch it. Correct. How, so, how is it? It was actually a good first episode. Okay. Uh, when the season left off at the end of last season, a uh, a British, uh, female British uh, uh, men of letters meets up with Sam and Castiel in the uh, – the bunker and uh, she zaps Castiel out of there with a spell and then wants information from Sam, pulls a gun and shoots him at the end of the episode. And then the Dean side of things is um, God and his sister are going to go off and uh, play nice, nice with each other. And so as a reward for Dean or whatever, they, they heal him up and then bring his mom back from the dead. So the beginning of this episode is, Sam's been shot and Dean and his mom uh, are together. So essentially Dean catches her up on what's going on and they head back to the bunker and uh, Kaz eventually shows up, tells what happened to Sam. They check out Sam. The uh, men of letters lady is presented as being a real tough cookie from the beginning of the episode. And she, uh, you know, forces a vet to fix the, the leg wound that Sam has. And then she starts to torture him, him and this other chick, her and this other chick start to torture him because basically what it is, is the Winchesters have effed up the world enough. And so we're going to try and make it right, but we're going to do over here what we do in England. And so we want to work together with hunters and this and that and everything, but not you Winchesters. So she's willing, well, because Sam doesn't believe her or want to help her. He just basically says, screw you. So she's like, I'm going to torture you then to tell me about other hunters and their locations. And she gets nothing from him. And then she starts to freak out because she's apparently not as tough as she thought as she was. And the Winchesters are a whole lot tougher than she gave them credit for. And, um, Yeah. So it kind of ends with Sam is trapped in this uh, room and uh, Dean and Kaz and, and mom are heading that way to uh, to rescue him. So it actually was kind of a decent first episode as far as if we're going to have a big bad baddie this season, 
has not been established yet. Like it has in seasons past straight away where we know who the, uh, the underlining mythology story is going to be. Unless it's just them fighting with men of letters, which I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But yeah, that was supernatural. Maybe they'll just get back to hunting monsters. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, in, in the years past, they have established like, oh, this year it's Leviathan. This year it's God. This year it's, you know, God's sister. The you know, darkness. The darkness. Thank you. Or this year it's Lucifer. And this year it's, you know, first couple of years, it's the yellow eyed demon. Like there's always been a, 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 a heavy for them to go against. Yeah. Mara, whatever, you know. Uh, but this year it's, uh, they haven't established that yet. It's just they're. Going after the uh, men of letters, lady who uh, shot and kidnapped Sam. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Did you watch it? Sure did. Good first episode, I thought. Yes. I really like Dr. Nathan Haywood. I do as well. I like the character. This was another show where they got a whole lot accomplished in a short amount of time mm-hmm. as far as how they explained where they've oh, been, what they've, where been, they've been, how they get there, the P team getting divided up on and on and on. The only one we don't find is Rip. Yep. Um, and, and to be honest, I would have loved to have seen them stretch the last part out. Like when they all got scattered, I would have loved to have seen like every week them going after a different one. So Ray's yep. trapped back in the prehistoric times. They can go get him, and then the two of them next week will go after Sarah, who's at the Salem Witch Trials. You yep. know, and then once they've got her, they can go back after Firestorm. Yeah, they just summed it all up rather quickly. Yeah, I think it could have been much more entertaining if they had spread it out. But yep. whatever, it's their show. So I did some research, and uh, Nate Haywood was uh, Citizen Steel. Mm-hmm. The comics for Justice Society of America. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to come to play or if it's just going to be this is the name of the character. It's probably going to come to play because we got introduced to the Justice Society right at the end there. I did like the beginning how Hayward went to Oliver. Yeah. So we had a little bit of crossover there where Oliver kind of helped him out for the first half of the half of the episode. And then once they found uh, – Rory in stasis. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> the ship's got him in stasis. How do you know that? Sign says stasis. stasis. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they basically find everyone and they're very, very accepting of Haywood as being a new member of the team, mostly because Rory goes, it's a new member of the team. And, uh, and then yeah. like the end, uh, I loved how they found a way to have Damien Dark on this episode. Yep. Because yeah, selling nukes to the Nazis. I can't think of the name of the actor, but I really like him as an actor. Yes. And uh, I like the Damien Dark character, so I think it's cool. And then um, out of nowhere, I Eobod Thawne yeah. is on Legends of Tomorrow. Hello. I, I kind of knew that just because oh, I had I read stuff over the summer about how they will be dealing with the Legion of Doom. And they said that, you know, the Legion of Doom will be made up of Damien Dark, Reverse Flash, and two others. I'm struggling for one of them. Mm. One of them is going to be Captain Cold, which is interesting. They'll be able to get Wentworth Miller back on the show. Yep. But it, it'll be as Captain Cold. So 
Yeah. That'll be fun. And uh, I don't remember who the fourth one was off the top of my head. That's but it's right. somebody that we've met through other ones. I think I remember seeing the same thing, but I, I forgot about it. I'm glad I did because that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. To just see him on that yeah. submarine, just zip, 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 kill them all. And then he's like, hi. Um, yeah. So Eobard Thawne. And then, um, like, like you said, right at the end, we meet the, the JSA. Yep. I, I liked how they added the historical twist that Einstein's wife was – or he had a female partner that helped him with all the physics behind the atomic bomb. It was a little bit weird that the way that they solved the mystery or the way that they solved the problem was by announcing it officially so that she wouldn't get kidnapped. I don't get that because the Nazis came and specifically kidnapped her in this history because they knew. So if you're going to tell the world about it, maybe like she would go into protective custody now too. Like yeah. I think that's what the premise was of it was like now, now she'll be safe now because everyone knows that she can do it too. Right. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I kind of rolled my eyes in the beginning when they were back in King Louis day. And one of my notes was these guys are nowhere near subtle. Like, they were displaying their powers and their tech to King Louis and everybody else around them. And uh, But what really made me roll my eyes was the fact that they're getting the queen ready to bed down with Louis to give him an heir. And they just had to remind us that Sarah likes the girls, and the queen obviously liked the girls as well. So they got Sarah got her all fired up. Oh, yeah. I'd say you got her warmed up. (laughs) I got her all fluffed. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. But yeah, I really like the uh what did he call himself? A time detective? Yes, something like that, yeah. He seems like he's a uh good character. Uh, they were they were tracking down the nuclear bomb. Okay, sorry, atomic. Atomic, yes. Every time somebody said nuclear, they're like atomic. But they were tracking it down because Ray said, Well, every uh nuclear weapon emits trace amounts of radiation. My suit can track it. Why couldn't the ship track it? Why did it have to be a suit? Obviously, the ship has more advanced technology than his suit. It's a fair question. I think that it was oversight. I think that sometimes I feel like Legends of Tomorrow is like the fan version of some shows that you see out there. You know, like you see, oh, fans made their own version of Star Trek and have six episodes and it's an homage. Sometimes that's what Legends feels like to me, is like the fan-funded version. I don't know. It, it's not... It's a funny point of view. It's not terrible right now. Um, I, I still enjoy it, I guess. I, I was ready to stop watching it last season, but they hooked me back in at the end. I think that with the JSA, the Legion of Doom, and uh, the the time detective here, it'll keep me yep. hooked in again for a little while. But, like, one of my notes, too, was, okay, so the Wave Rider is now running underwater, and they say, oh, it wasn't really meant to. Dude, it's a spaceship. It's from the future. It's meant to survive the vacuum of space. You think water's going to bother it? And then 1942 U-boat technology, torpedoes, could damage it. It was a nuclear warhead torpedo. No, the first torpedo that hit it 
hit it right in the engine, and that was a regular torpedo. The oh. nuke, the nuke torpedo was fired at New York, and they intercepted it. But they were oh, fired upon yeah, by yeah, regular right. torpedoes. And I'm like, really? How is that even a thing? Yeah, that's true. You'd think they'd have shields or something that would prevent that from happening. Yeah, they have a cloaking device. So that kind of bugged me. But all in all, good episode. Yeah. Look, looking forward to seeing if they can keep it up. Well, there's a big uh, crossover with all the episodes coming yep, up. So. Yeah. You have to keep up on them just so that makes sense to you. And Rip's still out there somewhere. Yep. Did you watch A Good Place? I did. The Good Place? I'm just going to sum it up with um, Kristen Bell is learning to be good and Ted Danson thinks that he's the reason of all the, the problems and he's going to leave the show. Yeah. And that, and and then we think that um, Chibi and the British Indian girl yeah. are they're they're actual soulmates. Yeah, they they're drawing closer to each other. Yeah, yep, that's for sure. All right, I've talked about that. Yep, it's fun show. I'm still enjoying it. Yep, pretty much, but it's just not it's not wowing me. It's just kind of like oh okay cool. Yep, blacklist. Yep. So that yup tells me you didn't care for this episode. I did not. So, um, either did I. Okay. Uh, I'm sure the one part I'm going, oh, John's just rolling his eyes with the back of his head is when Aram hacked into the helicopter. Thank you. Holy God. I, <laughs> I threw so my hands up in the terrible. air. Not, I really thought, I'm like, oh, John's losing it. <laughs> not just because, you know, the, the hacking is unrealistic and I have a problem with that, but it's the fact that it's an aviation device that is in the air. Yeah. If there were... If if there was the ability to hack into a helicopter mid-flight, that would be one of the scariest things for anybody in aviation around the world. Can you imagine that if people were like, oh, yeah, from the ground, we can hack into your helicopter and turn off your rotor? Yeah, no, that seems that seemed a bit unrealistic, yeah. Completely unrealistic, and they straight up killed a dude. Oh, they didn't really take any considerations to where the helicopter was going to land either. No, almost landed on a bunch of kids playing soccer. Yeah. Holy God. And, I mean, that was then, just like straight up murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was. And Aram wouldn't push the button because he's like, I killed someone before. I don't want to kill anyone again. So. <laughs> and he didn't even get the sentence all the way out before the director's like, click. <laughs> yeah. You did your job. I did mine. <laughs> Um, so I do kind of like the fact that uh, Liz knows that Kirk just wants her for her DNA, basically, for her blood, for her. Uh, Kirk just wants her for blood. Pretty much. Um, that whole storyline is going to play out wicked fast and old for me. I'm glad that it's going to be fast because I'm already tired of it. No, what I mean is I'm going to get tired of it really fast. So yeah. I hope it plays out fast enough because, like, I don't. I already don't want to see it. Yep. I already hate. I already hate. Sets up a camera. Of course, you're not going to be able to trace it. That's so stupid. So if Tom tries with some team, and oh, guess what? Now Liz can't see the baby at all. <gasps> and now we're going to have to play the whose pain is worse game between Liz and Tom. Yep. Which is boring as crap. And then the guy on the blacklist this time. Um. Again, like he was just guy because his son. Has a blood disorder, and so they can find the doctor of Kirk, and 
Yeah, I didn't care for this episode. It's the first time I've ever said that about this show. I'm curious as to what's going on with the cleaner. That is the only part of the story that is kind of like, hmm? Who's this crazy backwoods hillbilly that found her? Fun fact, uh, that miniseries that I watched, 112263, the yeah. Stephen King thing there, um, the janitor that had, like, his family had been massacred and the guy went back in time to try to stop it, um, that was the actor who played the janitor grown up. Oh, okay. I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. Uh, but yeah, that I'm interested in. The best part of this episode, though, the most fun was the bowling alley. Um, yes, that was actually loved. Quite good. Yeah. Because usually you see that. I don't even know what he is. Is he a dwarf? I don't know. I, I call him the dwarf. So. Yeah. You usually see him in his office, you know, bitching about work, and now it's his day off. Yeah. So and, he's bowling. And in a rare moment of not only talking but having a personality, Dembe's like, "Hey, your release is off. You should do this." And he like yeah. he knows bowling. Yeah, that was odd too to see Denbe doing more than just shooting someone. And yeah, and he was smiling about it. He was like all happy that you know they won the championship because of his advice. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they're already setting up that you know this is how Tom's going to leave the show because Liz is going to say, "Oh, I can't trust you." You know, she already brought up when was that when you were an SS member or when you were this. You know, I can't trust you so. Yeah, I just, I don't. It's not a bad show. Just this was a particularly bad No, it's not bad a bad episode. show. This is just a bad episode, and it's a storyline that I don't care about. Yeah, I, I like the Rom going back to hunting bad people. Yeah, I like the Rom basically giving the middle finger to uh, Samin at the end. That was good. That was good. Yeah, he stood up for himself. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I was going to tell you. Yeah, you can't get out of here fast enough. Boom. <laughs> Big drop. But uh, that's it for me. I don't have any more shows to talk about. Ooh, so you didn't watch The Exorcist? Nope. I, I didn't watch the... any more Luke Cage. I watched The Exorcist in the background, and all I'll say is, eh, I, I probably don't care anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to waste any more time on it. Lucifer was not bad. We got to see Trixie yeah. again briefly, and uh, Detective Douche finally said, we need to get an actual official divorce. So they're going to move on with that. Uh, and apparently this was all about punishment. The crime was actually really cool. It was very Saw-ish. Um, like basically the first guy was tied to a stake and burned alive. And oh, damn. He, he had a video confession that went live on Wobbler, the social media app. Um, and then there was another guy who was like force-fed apples and they were like bulging out of his throat. And it turned out that each of them was being punished for pranks that they had done on people and then made live into viral videos so everybody relived their horror over and over again. Um, so, like, the first guy had lit his friend's crotch on fire and caused severe damage. It was supposed to be a prank, man, you know? And then the second guy had done a uh, sex tape with a teacher and put her in a compromising position and, like, did a lot of BDSM to her and then released it and she lost her job. So they put him in a sex contraption just like that and then force-fed him apples because, you know, apple for the teacher. Um, Goodness. Yeah, so the crime was really cool this week. It was really refreshing. Mm. Uh, but <clears throat> basically, Lucifer, it was all about punishment. And he was, you know, I'm the punisher and I don't choose to be. I'm just a punisher. So he's punishing his mom by essentially they're writing it for the rest of the show so that she has to be on earth. And since she's in that body, she has to reclaim the life 
that the woman was living. So she's got to go be the lawyer, have the husband, have the kids. The eyes rolled so high just now. Yeah, I'm not sure if she even has the memories of this woman. So that's going to be interesting. But but then, you know, she got off in the seedy neighborhood to go to her new house, and a guy tried to mug her, and she pushed him, and he flew up against the wall and cracked the bricks, and she suddenly realized, oh, hey, I'm really strong. And that was how they ended that. (sighs) Yep. 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 See, I have no interest in watching Lucifer at all. Even after that description, I didn't go, oh, I've got to go check that out. I'm just like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> um, uh, MacGyver, uh, as, as my friend Molly said the other day, he said, I don't know why I like it, but I really do. He's like, I didn't expect to like it, but I'm really enjoying it. It's not the best show in the world, but it's really fun. And that's the consensus with a number of people that I've talked to who watch it. It's a fun show. This episode had an old retired Russian agent and his retired handler, who's now an Uber driver, and we got to see them bantering and, you know, rehashing the old days. Lots of good tech again, and it's just a fun show. It's not anything that requires a lot of depth or a lot of concentration, but I'm really enjoying it more than I expected to. Good. I'm still going to hold off. That's fine. Um, I did watch Bull, and I don't need to get into it except for the fact that I really appreciated the crime in this one was somebody did a podcast on real crime, you know, kind of like serial. Serial, yeah. Yep, and basically was trying to say that this girl murdered, straight up murdered the guy that raped her, and it was all because it was sensationalism, you know. wrong facts. These facts don't fit, so I'll just leave them out. And it was talking about how easily people can be swayed by mass media um, being told that something is true. So I really appreciated that aspect of it. I don't think that everybody would get that message from it, but you know, it's like making a murderer or serial, you know, yeah, it's great storytelling, but they don't have the same journalistic integrity. They don't have the requirements that the court does of actually presenting all of the facts, not just the ones that they like and that, that fit their story. So it was a good message that way. Definitely appreciated it. Um, and I did want to make a throwback because I watched these a couple weeks back but hadn't commented on them. Uh, two episodes back-to-back of You're the Worst. And I know you don't watch this show, and I know that I've pitched it hard, and I'm going to pitch it hard again. Because the two episodes that I watched, <clears throat> the first one was Edgar the Roommate, who's the homeless guy and has PTSD and a whole bunch of other stuff. It was Edgar's bad day, essentially. And it was the other side of the episode before that. So the episode before that, we got to see everything that was happening. This was Edgar's side of the story. And I always love it when they do that in TV shows. You know, this person was having this day. Well, this person was having the same day, but in, you know what I mean? Yep. And uh, that episode was so soul crushing. Like by the end of it, you were convinced that Edgar was just going to go kill himself. And it really hurt. Like, you can make light all you want of suicide, but you really felt it in this one. And like, by the end I was, my chest was tight. I was really worried that this guy was going to end his life and that he was going to feel perfectly justified. And you know, it, it hurt. Like this was a very emotionally draining episode. The next episode, I feel like they might've shot out of order, 
but it was the complete opposite. It was one of the funniest, most goofy episodes that they've ever done, and I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, roll on the floor laughing at some of this stuff. Pause, rewind, because you missed stuff. You're laughing so hard. <laughs> it was so good, and it involved them having their last Sunday fun day, because now everybody's doing Sunday fun days, and they were going on a scavenger hunt for this mythical lost speakeasy bar in Los Angeles. And it was silly, you know, it was very elaborate and um, involved them like going to the library and seeing a guy looking at porn on the computer. And it turns out that, you know, the webcam was actually watching them and knew that they were looking for the bar. It, it ended up like the last part of it was they got thrown in jail and the jail cell, when you sit on the toilet, actually was a revolving door to the speakeasy. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. But the thing about this show is, and I was watching them with Kelly back to back, and we both said the same thing, which is it is unbelievable how one show can have two episodes in a row that take you on that broad of a spectrum. Like one episode where you feel despair and pain like you've never felt before, and then the next episode you're laughing your nuts off. I can't say enough good about this show. It is so amazing. It's only half an hour. It's It sounds like it should be terrible, but it is so well done that I just – I think everybody needs to watch it. Are you talking about season one or season two? Uh, this is season three now, actually. Okay, because they have the first two seasons on Hulu. I can't recommend it enough. It's It's so good. The first season was a lot of fun. The second season really starts to get deep, and – it's just, yeah, everybody that I've talked to that actually watches it says that to me, too. They're like, I can't believe I almost didn't watch this show, but it is so awesome. So if you ever have half an hour free and you're like, well, just throw something on, strongly recommend it to anybody out there. Yeah, that's my pitch once again for You're the Worst. And honestly, the only other thing, I, I finished up the second episode of Luke Cage. Second episode, okay. Yeah. And it is a very black show. Um, I, I won't lie. I talked to Petrie at dinner the other night, and he was watching it, and he used the same word you did last time, black exploitation, and I got into it with him, but I, I had to kind of bow to him because he does have that whole film school degree. Right. And he was saying that, you know, even though it sounds like exploitation, and it may have started out that way, it's become a term that is just synonymous for a subgenre of film. You right. know, it's like a Western or a sci-fi. That's just what it's called and that this fits it completely. And so we looked it up and we did some research on it right there in the restaurant because we're nerds. And, yeah, it fits all the criteria, you know. Oh, no, it absolutely does, yeah, So 100%. So, yeah, uh, I'm, that's my correction for this week is that, yes, it is black exploitation. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm – I'm still going to watch it. I find it the hardest to watch out of all of them because – Yeah, me too. Like I, I thought – okay, I watched the first few moments of episode seven. Yeah. And I just went, oh, fuck, no, and I just shut it off. <laughs> it's it's the least superhero-y of all of them so far. Yep. And it's, it's just not my style. It's not no. the type of thing that I would choose to watch. Rude says it does get better in the later episodes, like the last few episodes where they start introducing a couple other characters. But I just I haven't gotten there yet, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not in a rush. Right. Yeah, not like Daredevil or Jessica Jones where I was devouring them. Exactly. 
Um, now, this was a surprising one for me. The only other thing that I watched this week was a new show called Falling Water. And I had seen previews when I was watching Mr. Robot. That's so on the USA Network, right? It is on the USA Network. I think Ronnie or someone – I think it was Ronnie asked if anyone had been uh, watching that. Go ahead. They had the first episode this week, and this is another one like um, – oh, my God. What were we just talking about? Westworld. It's another yeah. one like Westworld. Actually, I took as many notes for this as I did for Westworld. It's very weird. They don't explain much of anything. The concept that you get from the commercials and from brief bits of talking is that they're going to dive into the idea of what if you could leave your dream and go into somebody else's dream. And indeed, at the end, they're talking about how there's a war on right now, a war for our dreams. In and of itself, that doesn't sound that good. You know, it sounds like an 80s sci-fi movie. But the way that they do this, it would be like I took all these notes, but I wouldn't be able to do it justice by rattling it off. There's three main characters. You get introduced with a black screen and their name. So like Tess is one of them. Burton is one of them. And Taka is one of them. And with each one of them, you get introduced to them as they're having a dream. So like Tess is having a dream where she's in a, in an operating room and she, they're telling her to push, you know, one more big push and she's screaming in pain. And then you hear a baby cry and they're like, Oh, okay, that did it. And then she's like, I want to see my baby. And you don't hear any more crying. And they're like, what are you talking about? There is no baby. And then the nurses just disappear and she stands up and now there's just an empty room around her. And she's like, where's my baby? I want to know where my baby is. And this water starts coming under the door and then the door opens up and there's this kid who might be like five or six years old, blonde kid standing there looking at her smiling and then she wakes up. And each of them has a dream before they actually wake up and then we see what their life is like. And it was awesome. This show had me hooked like immediately. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I don't know what is going on. There are things happening like at one point Taka is investigating. He's a police officer and he's investigating a person who died, who has a different identity than what was on her ID. And he's looking into this house and he steps away because he sees a fountain on a front lawn that was from his dream. And when he gets to the fountain, there's these papers all over it. When he picks up one of the papers, it says it's a picture of that boy that Tess was dreaming about, and it just says his name is, and nothing else. And then the house behind him explodes, like a bomb went off. But you don't know if this was a dream or if this was real. Hmm. And at one point, this guy tells Tess that he wants her to help him, that she can help him experiment, because he says her, her job is like she's a fashion predictor. She predicts what everybody's going to want for fashion for the next year. And she's really good at it, apparently. Like, she just shows this symbol, and they're like, yep, this will be what it is. And he tells her that she's basically tapped into the collective unconsciousness of all these people. So she goes into this guy's dream, and the guy's like, he's just casually digging a hole in the apartment floor. Like, this looks like a skyrise complex. And he's digging a hole in the floor, lowering a backpack in with a rope, and he's just like, hey. She's like, hi. And he's like, yeah, you're here. Look, don't tell Bill. Okay, tell him I was playing the piano or something like that. He'll like that. He'll get all excited. And she's like, okay. She's like, can I come with you? And he's like, no, the tunnel's only big enough for one person, really. 
And then he climbs down into the hole and vanishes. And then she wakes up and Bill's like, you know, well, what happened? And he's like, she's like, uh, he was playing the piano. Oh, that's so exciting. He was playing the piano. It's bizarre hmm. as hell. And I love it. I am so excited about this show because I have no idea what's going on. Cool. It's it's a big mind trip. It has something to do with people going from their dream into other people's dreams. There are characters on there that are not real, but you don't know that they're not real until you find out that they're not real. And then you wonder, were they really real or were they a dream? I'm telling you. It's really, I'm not doing it justice. It's really hard to describe, but if you get a chance, it's on the USA Network. Go find the episode, watch it. There's only been one so far. It's awesome. It's great. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll check it out. You can probably go on uh, USA Network's website to stream it. Oh, I think yeah. you have to put in your um, oh, account information for your... It, yeah, they might have yeah. it. They might have it for free because it was the first episode. I don't know. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll check water. it out. See what happens. Wicked awesome. Cool. And that's it for me this week. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's going to wrap things up then. Didn't you have a couple of trailers to talk about in the movie that you tried to watch? I'll talk about the movie I tried to watch, and I'll leave the trailers for next week. They're not urgent. Okay. We've, uh, we've gone pretty long this week. Yeah, we have. Uh, my wife and I sat down the other day to watch, uh, she wanted to watch a period movie. And so I put on this movie with Kate Beckinsale. It's called Love and Friendship. And, uh, uh, it takes place in, you know, the Downton Abbey times. I'm going to just say maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe like earlier than that. Even actually, no, it takes place during the American revolution, but they're in England I like around that, that time frame. Sorry. I like that you referred to the time period as the Downton Abbey times. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, official time period now. Yeah. But actually it takes place earlier. It takes, now that I remember it correctly, it takes place during the revolutionary times or just after the revolutionary war, whatever it is. So it's 1800s, right around the late 17, eight, early 1800s. And, um, I fell asleep. Oh, it was and, that good, huh? Yep. And I woke up and I went, oh, crap, I fell asleep. Now I'm going to get grief for this. And then I heard very rhythmic breathing and I looked next to me and Kate was asleep. <laughs> and I went, nice. perfect. And then she kind of woke up and she's like, yeah, we don't need to watch this anymore. I'm like, <laughs> I've already shut it off. <laughs> so that was love and friendship. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have That's no probably the best for that review I could imagine. Yeah. It was so great. We both fell asleep. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding indeed. So if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, uh, blah, 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 you can reach us all on our social media outlets. Uh, I'm at Superstar Mel. On the Twitter? On the Twitter. And I am the Quantum Geek, G33K. And the show is at What Did You Watch? And on the Twitter. And then on the Facebook, it's What Did You Watch this week? And, um, yeah. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know if you're enjoying this stuff. And for God's sakes, let us know why we should keep watching Arrow. Yeah. If you picked up a new show that we haven't talked about or touched on and you think it's great, please let us know. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm good to cycle some of these out. 
I yep. may even stop talking about certain shows like SVU. You're a rebel. And, and uh, Mike's got his saucy pants on tonight. Well, it's just like, you know what? I mean, it's not worth talking about, really. Right. There's, there's a lot of great shows worth talking about. It's just not even, it's not like it's terrible. It's just, it's not exciting enough to want to be like, I want to talk about this. It's you a know? byline. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It, it's like me this week, you know, I looked at my notes and I'm like, I watched Conviction. I don't care to talk about it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So anyways, uh, hit us up, let us know, and thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week.